this uh, episode of the podcast is going to be sponsored by Southwest Missouri Quarter Midgets. That's What's right. What's the name of the guy? The guy's name is Brian Griffin. He's going to be making us some t-shirts here shortly. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he made some t-shirts last week that got a lot of a lot of attention on social media. I thought it was hilarious. I sent it to Ryan. He's like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, people want to. People can say what they want to say, but if you get some straight hate attention, you know, I don't know, I don't really know what to think about. I'm trying to put the car up because I just we're just coming home from Monette and you send that to me. Well, everybody I've talked to about it said they don't make T-shirts for people that run like 15th every week. I guess, but they don't do it. I think you cross the line if you embrace it, then you look cocky. That's what I think. So if I if I'm sporting it, then people are gonna think I'm a dick. <laughs> they're gonna, well, you want two shirts, don't you? Remember that time I I, uh, I wanted to hang on my garage wall because it's funny, but remember right. that time I went Facebook Live for a practice session and looked like a hot dog, and then the next week I ran off of him with three to go leading it. That's <laughs> why so I don't do that stuff anymore because <laughs> I look cocky. But anyways, we're here in Diamond, Missouri with Scott Drake. I've, I cannot believe when I called you this afternoon you answered the phone. I called Trevor, and I said, hey, what's your dad doing? And he said, I don't know if you try calling him. I said, no, it doesn't do any good. <laughs> he doesn't answer the phone. And you answered on the second ring, and I was going to cuss you or something, but I didn't think you were going to answer, so I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> so well, you yeah. sounded just as surprised as me. A caller ID is a wonderful thing, but I, uh, <laughs> I actually thought maybe Trevor might be in trouble, so I thought I'd better answer it. Yeah, when you answered, I was like, oh, well. Because <laughs> I was going to call Trevor back and see if he can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I took that new job, and... Uh, we were kind of winding the afternoon down, so we were in pretty good shape. I was actually working on some body panels and thought I'd answer it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. What do you? So uh, you say you start a new job? Where are you working now? I'm an army contractor in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with uh, Brett and Tyler Wolf. Real good, real good company, and I'm kind of took over what they're put me in charge of some performance parts, is what they're calling it. And we're doing some laser cut body panels and making all kinds of race car products and quick change gear cabinets and um we got a lot of things going on we're i got two or three new customers here and their biggest account right now would be ronnie stuckey and building off that's cool bodies for the black diamond cars in louisiana and and uh, then we, of course we're doing all the mb customs do you think it's unfair you get so much practice building bodies working for tyler uh, well, I had a lot of practice working for Joe Duball as well, so that's all good. It's all good. I've seen Trevor a time or two tear up a couple things. But yeah, but we we had to beat ours out. We we couldn't fire up the old laser and build a pallet full. So. <laughs> but we can do that for anybody now. So that's cool. Uh, give us a holler, we'll fix you up. Well, uh, I, well, I, I don't ever really know how to start this stuff, but well, I've been friends with you guys for quite a while, and I just kind of blended in whenever i got to know you guys i knew about your past i know what you've accomplished and all that but i don't really know from the get-go and the first question i want to know is where'd the 12 come from Did that come from a relative or is that some one of those numbers that just meant something you tagged it uh meant something to me um high school basketball football baseball number um took off with that uh it wasn't the first probably the first number i wore was 10 then 23 playing sports and then uh of course, my uncle Clay, he, he wore 23 as well there at one point. So you kind of follow follow that. And then he he carried the 711 or the 117, followed his dad a little bit, just reversed it. And then he always wore 44 playing basketball. And he was having bad, bad times, you know. And, and my grandma, Drake, my, my dad's mother, 
said, uh, put that 44 on your car, Clay. That's what you need to do. That was You were successful with that 44 on your shirt. Put it on your car. So there again, you know, that was my junior, senior year, and I kind of chose to do the same thing, take that high school number and put mm -hmm. it on my car. Well, when I started racing, uh, Chuck Comer here in Joplin, he ran a number 12. So uh, that's where I put the D on it, gotcha. just, just to distinguish it and, and just – that's what it is and i hope it's that way forever when i've i've played uh i played little league baseball and my first real number was 10 and the only thing i knew to associate it with back then was ricky rudd and yep. ricky rudd was tough so i wanted to be that for a little <laughs> while too and then when i got old enough to know dad that was 33 it's what hey, I took off. it's weird how numbers work for people but uh you know like l trevor being a young boy and got his first puppy dog and he was a big Terry Labonte fan, so hell, he named his dog Terry. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't shave five in his butt and <laughs> racing, but we didn't. So, uh, did your dad did Cliff race? Yep, and dad was against all odds. Uh, he uh, back in the day, up in Nebraska, he ran an old car, and he ran number thirty-four. And then when he decided to start, I think I was probably a junior in high school, and. He builds one of these, it was a Monet, Siloam Springs, West Plains, Missouri type sportsman car. Same thing, Clay raced there. And, and uh, he painted it. First year it was white with green numbers. And the next year it was four colors of green, number 13 with four leaf clovers <laughs> on all sides of it. And it very seldom would it ever start and leave the shop. <laughs> so it, it just was terrible, you know, just a. Like, really? And he's like, ah, ain't nothing to it. I believe there is. You know? <laughs> yeah. we, we've all got those racing superstitions with her. And I'm real bad about it. Green, peanuts, chicken, uh, $50 bills. And there's a lot $50, of it. I hadn't heard the $50 yeah, bill before. $50 bills, you don't want them in your wallet on Saturday night. Really? Had, Unless you're getting them at the bay window and then get rid of them by the time you come back. Well, my know? dad threw a $2 bill out the window going to Lakeside once. My little cousin pulled it out. And he said, <laughs> hey, Buck, look what I got. Dad said, let me see that. Out the window it went, and he handed him $2 bills back. He said, don't ever bring anything with us <laughs> like that again. So $2 bills and $50. I didn't know anything about that. I very seldom have 50s, but it's good to know. The yeah. the one time that I have <laughs> ate chicken on race day was the only time he's been on his lid. Really? Yeah. Joplin. Oh, you've only flipped once your whole career? And my whole, yep. And Dang. all the races I've ran in 30 years, I've been upside down one time. And I've been from Canada, North Dakota to McAllen, Texas. I've been all up and down north and south. And we did it right here at home so much, so-called there in Joplin. And ironically, as well, um, green armbands that night. <laughs> and normally, I'll, I'll tear that thing off, you know, once yep. I put my driving suit on or something. And I happened not to that night. And I, uh, yeah, I got on my lid. I landed on top of Sean Brock. That's crazy. If it's something that I can't prevent myself, I don't worry about it. So if... Like if I were the chicken thing, don't bother me. I eat Wendy's all the time when we're gonna go. But if it's something I can't prevent, I don't really go with it. But if it's yeah. something I can do, then I'm damn sure not gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, well, says the guy who wore the same pair of socks and same pair of underwear <laughs> two weekends in a row because yeah. he was winning. At yeah, first. I wore these red and black socks, and I kept. It was nasty talking about, it, but I kept them in my helmet bag. When I got down at night, I stole them in the bag. When I got the racetrack, I'd put them back on. So <laughs> you got a mosquito, bud. Another yeah. <laughs> What's <mad>. up? But, <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of superstitions, but yeah, but there, you could talk about that for hours for sure. So whenever you first got going, you start in a bodied car? 
Or well, I guess how did you even get in it? Uh, who was the one that said didn't tell you no? Because that's where um, I, that's where you guys went wrong with me. You didn't tell me not to get a race car. Well, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it definitely addictive for sure. Um, Granddad and Clay had some, and me being a kid and and uh, growing up right here where we where, where mom lives now, and I hang out here quite a bit as myself. But we uh, they had cars, and I loved to watch them work on them. And, go to the lake with mom and dad and drive back to Monette when I got my license just to watch Clay or Granddad race or whatever. And, and uh, then I started racing three-wheelers over at Joplin there. And I, was, I wanted a car and I wanted to race a car and, I, and the modified deal was real appealing to me. And that's what I wanted first. And, uh, but there was a gentleman by the name of Jim Wakefield uh, here in Joplin. Worked for consumer grocery stores for years, and then he went to work for MoDOT, but he had a Nevada-style street stop. And uh, he ran it week on Saturday nights up there, and Jim ran good in the thing, and, and he said, why don't you come drive this thing? Well, Charlie Parsons, which is Garrison Machine now over there in Carthage, that boys worked for Charlie when Charlie owned it. Um, Charlie put a motor in it, and... Uh, Funny deal, as I always said, once we put that motor in there, it looked like a diamond in a goat's butt. Cause <laughs> this whole car was a was a, a 1970s I-70 pavement late model, and it had two interiors in it. It had the pavement interior in it, and then someone had just put a flat deck in it, too. So, uh, leaf springs had one brake. One uh, brake? Yeah. The, the road... <laughs> The rotors, the rotors were so warped that just had one brake. But and I didn't, I didn't tell mom that till after a couple things had happened. She's like, "Why didn't you stop?" I said, "I can't." Uh, but so I took it up there the first time, and it was a day race, and I actually had a motor in it out of the salvage yard that first weekend, and I ran like fourth. And then Charlie put a motor in it, and at that time, if you beat Marty Danner at Nevada, Missouri, you had something done, and. Uh, the very next week, I won the feature. I, out, I outrun Marty in that thing. And uh, I raced it a little bit. I ran it at Siloam, a couple of other places. Well, all of a sudden, um, you know, Jim ran fifth or sixth in it about every Saturday night. Well, the first time I went in, it's like, oh, it's illegal. Can't come back. <laughs> they didn't realize that it wasn't a stock stub car. It was a full square tube old yeah. pavement car. So uh, then I worked on getting me a... Working on getting me a mod and uh, bought my first modified from Harold Groot. And uh, people around here know the name Bob Walker and Harold. And they they were running it at Siloam and I watched it. I watched it win a lot of races at Monette and Siloam and I thought, well, I'll just I'll just buy that car. Well, Dad was building me one, him and Richard Elbert, but uh, they were taking too long. I, <laughs> I was real impatient and. And uh, John Hobson from St. Louis ended up with that car. But uh, I, t I got that car bought. I hawked the title of my old che Chevelle and my Chevy pickup and uh, had me a payment for about 214 bucks a month <laughs> on my first race car. And, and uh, I don't know, got it all ready to go. And Dad says, let's take your mom to Disney World and we'll go to Space Center and all that stuff. Maybe you can, we can race while you're down there. So we, we went to Putnam County. Raced uh, two days in a row for 200 to win each night in 1990. And uh, the second night in the car, 
First night, Rex Merritt run over me. Imagine that. You drove the you drove to Putnam County, and never dri- driven that car. Never driven a modified. A modified. Me, all. Just, <laughs> and it, it was a <laughs> it, it was a Ford stub car, um, no steering quickener, and uh, just uh, a what a handful. It was a Patterson car out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And anyway, the first night, Rex kind of got into me and turned my leaf spring shackle over, bit my leaf spring. Dad drove to Browning Speed the next day, got me a new spring and. Me and Charlie Parsons had to pull the intake, put new intake gaskets on it because it sucked the intake. And the second night in it, I won the feature, and Earl Muhlenberg got second. That's crazy. Where's Putnam? He, Where's Putnam County? Satsuma, Florida. Down and Florida. you got all of us people, all the guys from here, just. Well, <laughs> Doug Sheep was down there. That's. It's kind of. I mean, back in in the nineties, it was that was the Speed Week area. Oh, I see. I see. That was kind of yeah. the Speed Week area, February. Yeah. We like near died going that year because when we went through uh, Atlanta. On the way down, we were in a tornado, basically. <laughs> Open trailer and Dad's 83 Ford pickup. That's crazy. Yarborough's never, Yarborough went with us, his whole family. Tom Ogle. Tom Ogle took layoff to go with me. That's how Tom started helping me. Right I was get, that's what's going to be one of my questions is how did you and Tom get together? Tom, Tom took, he worked at Flexilators in Carthage, and he took layoff because he was going to Florida to go racing with us. <laughs> and from that day forward... I mean, right up until I have slowed down with my racing here a lot lately. But uh, he picked right up and went and took Trevor under his wing and did all the same stuff he did for me and done a lot for all of us, you know. Uh, real good friend. Now, Tom's the kind of guy. I, at first, I don't know if I liked him because he's honest. And I didn't think he liked me. But this is the way he is. If he'll talk to you, he likes you. Yep. If, he yep. ain't got, if he won't say anything to you, he <laughs> you got to deal with it. Yep, yep. And, you can about see how he smokes that cigarette, whether he's mad at you or he's not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, the other night at Springfield, I, I asked him if he can help me change the distributor, and he didn't say anything. He just went and started digging in the toolbox. I thought that, that's just him. He, he didn't tell me yes or no. I yeah. said, what are you doing? He said, mind your own business. He put, put it in for me and kept on going. But, yeah. He knows, but, he he done a lot, man. I'm I mean, two, three nights a week. Him and at, in there for a long time, there was another boy over in Carthage. His name was Scott Phipps. He worked at Thorco in Lamar. They come over every every two or three nights a week, and we work on that car. And, you know, just that's. I mean, I, I owe a lot of that shit to them because of their their maintenance with mine, with me, and hell, we just we were ready to go all yeah. the time. You know, I I don't think that I've seen you very many times. I know I haven't seen Trevor racing without Tom, but if I did, it's it's rare. Something's up if he's not there. Right. So, Only in the last year that I raced that Amon stuff like at Monette. I'd go to Monette by myself, but there's occasions that Tom would show up over there, but I can count on probably two hands how many times Tom wasn't there any time I've ever raced. I think you called me both times you had to race by yourself. Yeah. Like, you want to go to Monette? <laughs> Trevor called me one time when he had to race by himself in West Plains, and I went with him, and he knocked the deck out in hot laps. <laughs> that was the last time I went with him. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the bleachers, just watching it go. I'm like, this is the easy part. And I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he knocked the whole deck out of it. We had borrowed duct tape. It was ratted it together. I think he ran third, but like he came in. I said, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> we came in and 
he did he just asked me what the hell i was doing and then he went to drill the body panels off and straighten them so we could make the heat race and lakeside was worse and then but we, yeah <laughs> yeah it was we went, <laughs> like he's like oh, we had to have some duct tape because we didn't have enough rivets oh yeah it was the wrong color just and green duct tape he went to let he went to langton's right beside us and brought this duct tape back in his green i was like you're not putting that on there he said it don't matter you already crashed you already destroyed <laughs> yeah, he's already done there wasn't nothing we could do about it then yeah but oh, i'm telling you tom he's uh I just talked to him again a week or so ago, and it just unreal, unreal what a what he was. Did he travel? With, he traveled all the way through the '90s and all that stuff. So the, oh yeah, the Florida trip. You say he took a layoff. Did just find a find a job when he came back? And everything was good. Well, he never really. I ain't gonna say he never really went back to work, but he he kind of worked for himself. You know, they he went to doing that construction and siding and just selling used cars, and he just never. Never went back to that factory job. That's good. You got him out. Of here. Got him out of there. Again. I can't wait till the day somebody comes and tells me I'm done. Yeah, man. Yeah, he even worked. You know, he helped me even when I raced for Hoffman there in 2000, 2001. Was Jerry your first ride, or who who gave you your first ride? Something that belonged to someone else where you got paid off of? Um, Mike Clark actually gave me. Well, he gave me my. You know. Well, you gave me my first car, but I bought that first car, and then that next year, over the winter, he's like, "You need to come up here and eat dinner, and, and uh, let's uh, discuss you driving a dirtworks car." So I was eighteen, nineteen years old. I mean, this is pretty cool. So go up here and eat at the Golden Corral, and he tells me what we're gonna do, and I said, "Okay." I went to pick it up, and about fell over backwards. That's awesome. See, I was uh, I was expecting it to be. Which I, you can't say a foul word because later in, in in ten straight years after that there wasn't very many cars that I paid a dime for, and there was a lot of guys that way. But when the first the first my first car was ten thousand five hundred bucks, and I was like, I right, can't pay for this today. No way I have to pay for it today. Just pay for it sometime this year. You know. That's awesome. So, yeah, and then from there it was, I went back and I said, all right, Mike, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to buy the rear end housing and you're going to own the rest of it. Okay. The third year, I'm like, all right, I'll pay for the paint to paint the frame and you're going to own the rest of it. Well, we fought about that one for a little while, but, <laughs> but it happened. And then it got to where I had two or three cars a year. Um, I'd drive in three, four months. Somebody wanted to buy it. They'd buy it. He'd build me a new one. He got the money. I got a new car. That's awesome. And it just, yeah, it was great. It was a great deal. And then at the end of the year, you turned it in and he sold it off used. Mm-hmm. You know, and with with Noble and Bone and Zimmerman, and I mean, I can just go on and on and on about guys that he helped and the Hughes boys out of West Plains, and he helped a lot of us. He helped a lot of us. You say a couple like Hughes or not Hughes. You say Bone and Noble and those guys. I, I don't. I mean, my, racing on a local level is nothing like it used to be. You had to be in the thick of things back in the day. So if you go to a local race, you. I know you see it different than you used to. See it a lot but. different. Um, we've we've actually talked about this a lot here in the last month or two because there's there's three different modified classes now where we used to have one, and uh, it was pretty uncommon to show up on a Saturday night and there not be thirty or forty cars, and mm-hmm. you you might find yourself in the B feature or watching the feature A feature from the fence, you know. Yeah. Whenever, uh, it was all, uh, back in the day, it was IMCA country, mid-90s, wasn't it? Everything was IMCA sanctioned, or one sanctioned body started picking up, it was IMCA around here. Yeah, West Plains Batesfield was, um, 
no one around here would really do it. Um, I, all the stuff with the motor claiming and all that stuff was one of them deals where it just, it was, no one wanted to be associated with that. Yeah. For a long time, we had the gentleman's rule, and then, and then hell, it took off where it was different than that. But. I, I was, we were talking before we got this going, that's kind of what I was leading in with the IMCA deal was you had basically a bounty against you. It's where one specific car owner was putting out some money to have your stuff claimed. Elaborate on that kind of thing a little bit, because you had a good story that went along with that that we I should have stopped you, but I, I want to hear it again anyway. I mean, it's cool. That's why I asked you about it. I don't know if it be a bounty or not, but, you know, you it's no different than what you, you yourself have been through here recently where anybody but Gilmore or whatever, that happens. You get on the, you get on the tide, let it roll, you know, ride it out. Well, if I didn't win 23 times a year, I was kind of mad, and, <laughs> and, I made every, and then it made everybody else mad. Um and we really, we really did it with a little bit of nothing. Um, it didn't take near the motor program that we have today. You know, in the 90s, I could build a brand new motor for about 1850 bucks, And uh, it wasn't much, but it, you know, it, that's what they was. But yeah, Fayetteville, and I'd go down there and it got to be a motor claiming war. And, and uh, you just got ready for it. You, we had one week race on Friday at Pea Ridge because it was non-sanctioned and you race Thunder Valley on Saturday and uh, then you could change motors Sunday or maybe just come home without one. It was a lot easier to put in than Sunday morning. You didn't have to pull one out. And I lost five or six down there that year. But my main goal was to be the track champion and to run the race of champions at the Super Nationals at Boone, Iowa. Mm -hmm. That's what my goal, I mean, that's what you set out to do. And uh, then, you know, from that day to, to before the crate come along and you look at what the motors were costing and the claim had only raised from 300 to 500 and 25 went to the record you know you got 10 or twelve thousand dollar motors being bought for 500 and back then we were selling 1800 or two thousand dollar motors for 300. right and uh it just it was supposed to keep the cost down and nothing it, it, it really didn't but uh it, it makes for good stories. For sure. It turns into spite after a while, I'm sure. It really does. But, you know, back in that day, it was a deal where nine times out of ten, the guy that bought your motor, you weren't ever going to get a chance to buy it back from him. Mm -hmm. He was the guy that they had to invent the rule for that if you wasn't on the lead lap, you couldn't buy, you couldn't claim one, you know. So they that, that settles a lot of that stuff. But then... It did it become just a grudge, you know. Well, I claimed him, he claimed me. I never looked at it that way. I I didn't say, well, I'll just wait, I'll get him back, or I'll ride the brakes to get him back. I didn't do that. Um, I usually just said, someone in the system owes me one, <laughs> you know. And if, if you happen to be the unlucky guy that wins that night that I run fifth or sixth, and that's the night that I wanted to punch a hole in my card, that's what I did. That's crazy. And, and I did do it on purpose once. And... Uh, Kevin Larkins works for Speedway. Was the guy I did it to at Batesville, and we started that Mid Southern Tour in '94 or '95, and I had one motor, and there were 13 races, and I wanted to do it all. And I told my dad when I went out for the feature, I said, "I can win this race, but I can't win this race." And uh, it's the hardest thing I ever done to not win that race. You just to keep your stuff. But I took the white, and I couldn't get nobody to pass me. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm staying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm looking over there, looking, looking, and finally, woo, 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 I go, I run fifth. Yeah. And I've claimed Kevin. <laughs> That's casino, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I claim I claimed Kevin and, and then the next the next night we raced at West Plains. And that morning we put that motor in. We put the motor we claimed in mm-hmm. and uh won that race. And nobody bought me. And so we bring it home and you talk about this we could talk about stuff for hours, but this thing shook like no other. My butt <laughs> itched for three days. <laughs> And we brought it home, and we we took the crank out of it, and we put a the, it had a three hundred five creaking crank in it, and it it shook. And we we talked about it. when I worked up there at Speedway here in the last five or six months, you know, we we joked about it. He was my boss, you know, and so man, we fixed that thing, and then I took it to BB Arkansas the very next weekend, and I ran third, and uh, Mark Norris claimed me, and that that's just how ever, we all did it. It was like okay, I've lost one, you lost one. Someone owes me one. And it, it, it's got to be a deal. Hey, good luck with that. It's <clears throat> and Mike Gilkey works for Adam Cates. And when I bought that one off Larkins, he's, he was looking at the valve cover. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, see them hash marks? Goes, yeah. He goes, there's 17 on there. Usually around 19 or 20, they blow up. <laughs> 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 but... Oh, this one deals. And I, I, the, the one time I, we're living in a different era. When I got claimed, I was ready to kill somebody, but you guys just took it in stride and went on with it. Yeah, we had to, and then you know things changed. Though um, you you had to think about that as as much as you did your race at mm-hmm. times. And could I? Can, is this a is this a smart night to lose one? Does it pay enough to lose one? Right. You know, if it pays a thousand to win or two thousand to win or. Am I racing for 300 and I'm going to get 300? You know, it, it, none of it made any sense. And really, <laughs> when anyway. it, uh, the claim rule back then was it like it is now? Uh, you take pulleys and carburetor off and they get long block or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you know, they didn't get your flywheel, your button, your water pump, your pulleys, none of your sending units or nothing like that. But they basically they got long block heads, valve covers, intake. That's crazy. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, you the intakes we ran were. Uh, 129 149 bucks that's know. crazy oil pans were that much yeah so oil pan intake covered the cost <laughs> right let's talk about nonchalant like, yeah, yeah yeah no big deal I well you guys also had the salvage yard too yeah sorry but, austin no, you did. No, you did. <laughs> yeah we did we had bought you know but and if you look back well hell that's where most racers come from so mm-hmm. something like that you know automotive industry or they run a backhoe or a bulldozer and they're scrappers or whatever too but other than like Jody Tillman, he's porta pot guy. <laughs> That's where all my stuff come from. Was Dad getting it? My Midwest mod motor come from the junkyard. Or actually, my my first Midwest mod motor came out of that white tow truck Mark Jones drove at Springfield. That was the start of my motors right there. And Mark Jones has got as much junk as anybody. What really ticks me off about the whole deal is that this was in, <clears throat> you know, in, let's say in the, in the mid '90s and early 2000, we're still beating our heads against the wall trying to find these blocks and build these motors. And I had bought this, an old rider, one-ton Chevy box van. It was like a 1989 or 90. It had been the first year for throttle body injection. Um, what I didn't realize is if I'd have took the motor out of that van, I'd have had a crate motor back then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was true. dragging that. I was dragging my stuff to the racetrack with a crate motor. I just didn't realize that that's what we would all be yeah. messing with right now. But You were, go ahead, Austin. Yeah, no. you got a question. Well, you're, I'm good at interrupting. <laughs> yeah, you are. Not too bad. 
you were telling me earlier, Ryan, about uh, when people were claiming that, you know, they heard stories about people welding their pistons in and stuff yeah, like, like that. Like welding rod caps and stuff. You ever get any of that stuff when you claim no, someone? No, I didn't. I know. Did you ever weld any rod caps? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard that from Merritt. Merritt did that. Yeah. <laughs> Merritt did that stuff, yep. Well, I mean, if you go home and you take someone else's motor and you pop the pan off of it, you really can't get mad. You no. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no. No. That's the name of the game back then. You look at the end of the camshaft, it might be a little message for you with some letter stamps. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever did you ever address any kind of cam markings to someone specific that you knew was going to claim you? Or was no, it just in general? Just in general. Yeah. Who I, I I got an idea, but I may be way off. Who was your rival in the nineties? Somebody that you would assume fight than race. I know there's gotta be somebody. That you guys would just do everything you could do to tear each other up or just race each other as hard as you, hard as you could. Mm. Maybe a loaded question. <laughs> Not really. No, I never really had any. Um, I always had to race hard at Pea Ridge, Arkansas, and it wasn't Bone. It was that Mark Grigg boy. We, uh, we do some rubbing, but we usually get out and shake hands, and then um uh, around home it was like you were talking earlier it you know it wasn't nothing for 35 40 cars show up and everyone was tough it was zimmerman and bone and muhlenbergs and uh, good lord ferris collier and i could just i can get well there's five muhlenbergs so that yeah. <laughs> that's who i was gonna ask you about was the muhlenbergs yeah. because uh there's a story once upon a time Trevor told me about Super Nationals. Yep. <laughs> Super Nationals. That's what I was getting at. Was yeah. Yeah. I, I thought maybe you and Muhlenbergs had a problem because Trevor says to this day the Muhlenbergs and Tom don't <laughs> don't see eye to eye. So. No, you, you know, we, <laughs> Steve and I talk now and John and, and yeah, we were at Super Nationals. That was like winning the freaking Daytona of the IMCA cars and, and we got together and, and uh, I had the little Justin, was it Justin and Hobbs piss on the little... Yeah. Oh, Calvin. Calvin Hobbs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Calvin Hobbs. Yeah, there was a piss on 12D sticker on their trailer for several years during that deal. <laughs> what happened for him to do that? We got together during the feature. I, I getting under him, getting under him, and, and uh, I had my nose in there, and we got together, and it spun him to the infield, and I, I inherited the lead at, shortly after that from... From actually Ryan Gustin's dad, mm -hmm. Rick, Rick Gustin was leading, and we caught lap traffic, and Rick Gustin just run plumb over the lap car, so I just went on by him. Now I'm leading the Super Nationals with seven to go. This was in '95, and uh, that pass with me and Steve was for around third, fourth, and then I got in there, and Gustin run over the lap car, and I take the white, go down the back straightaway, and I think to myself, "Hey, I got this deal won." And lo and behold, if John Logue didn't just run plumb over me, <laughs> you know, so yeah. there was uh, tempers flared amongst many people in that race, mm -hmm. you know, but that what you went there for, you went there to win. And uh, back then there wasn't no social media and there wasn't a lot of video and stuff like that. And when we went past the checkered flag, Logue went in there and kind of did this sweep to the high side celebration deal and i had him lined up driver's <laughs> door and for some reason something told me not to do it and uh carl fredrickson wrote for stock car magazine back then and i remember him walking up behind me and saying would you like to comment on what we all just saw happen and i'm like nope 
on the grounds that I might incriminate myself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I just, you just didn't speak of it. You yeah. just, uh, just didn't do it. You so. want qualifiers that I know of in the, my, like me paying attention, but is that the closest you've been to winning there? I mean, I mean, you're waiting on the white flag lap. Have you got that close to win in the big show since? Uh, I ran, I've been, I think I've ran fifth there once and I ran second, you know, and qualifiers, I've made it in. I've never won one of those. I thought you won a qualifier. Yeah, Hoffman has. A couple has. years ago. Hoffman has. But no, I ran, I started 18th and ran third. That may have been one, this was like three years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I started yeah. 18th and ran third in that Harris car out of California. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had some of them mad at me that night too, but. I don't know that I, I mean I don't know how I'd see anything any different if I'm a super nationals I get a chance to box someone I'm gonna do it and you guys know I don't like to hit people you've you all you've gotten on to me before but something like that I think I probably could do it well it, it's so touchy anymore nowadays these cars everyone's stuff's so good if you do touch somebody and you get your toe in that you ain't gonna win mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up do you say that dude, that guy from California you you basically have been on the road your whole life racing. How did you run into that? His name is... Uh, Terry Henry. Yeah. Yep. yep. How did you run into him? Um, shortly after my dad had passed away in 14, um, I was kind of hanging out here around the house with mom. And and uh, that Yuma race, I, I'd been to that deal a couple times with the guys from Western Kansas. But uh, Dwayne Cleveland called me. He lives out there. And, First, first call was, hey, I got these buddies that got this rocket modified, and they want somebody to drive it, and you want to drive it. I'm like, nah, I don't really need to race that bad, you know. Things were busy around here with Dad passing and stuff, and I just, I thought, nah, I don't need to go out there for that. So, oh, it wasn't about, I mm, maybe in the same day, the next day, Dwayne calls me back, and he says, hey, Terry Henry, um, wanting somebody to come drive his car at Yuma. He's wanting to race it. He said, that car got crashed at, at Vegas that Larry Hood boy was driving it. And I said, what car is it? He goes, it's that old Harris car that Strickler won the Supernationals with the year before. And I said, yeah, tell him I'll come drive. <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, really? I go, yeah. He said, well, I'll get you guys hooked up. So Henry called me and said, I'll fly you out there. I said, nah, I'll just pack my stuff and drive. He goes, Dude, it's 1,100 miles. I don't care. I'll see you. I'm, leave, <laughs> I'm leaving today. And I packed my stuff, and I left. Yeah. And uh, me and him hit it off. Yeah. We hit it off. You've been racing for him ever since. That's, you've raced for him at Super Nationals and Super Vegas. Super Nationals, Vegas. And Vegas. And I did the Yuma deal first, and it was real comical there at Yuma when uh, he says, Hey, I'm here. And I was in the pits. And I drove Dad's pickup out there. and We unloaded the car. I look at it and man, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, he clipped it himself and I, I said, done a good job on this thing if it was wrecked. And long story short is he, he used to crew for Hornaday and him and Kevin Harvick are real good friends. This, Terry yeah. Henry, yep. Oh yeah. And in the day, stories I hear about Henry, like a pavement late model, unbeatable. Really? Unbeatable, like 100 lap race, 50 laps into it, he's leading the race, he's got five to 10 cars a lap down, he pulls off. And all the guys that helped him say, what's the matter, what broke? Nothing broke, this car sucks. 
<laughs> he says, you're leading. You got half the field lap. He goes, I feel sorry for them guys because this car sucks. <laughs> and they say he was very good. That's awesome. So when I get to get in the car that night, we're gonna. I'm looking at it, and he's like, you got a hot lap? And I'm like, nah, I don't need a hot lap. <laughs> and he's like, you're really not going to hot lap my car? I go, no, I've raced here before. And I wasn't being cocky or anything. I just, looking at his equipment, I didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah. Plus, we had Drew dead last. What are you going to do? Not, yeah, not going to go backwards. So, start 11th in the heat race, take the lead, win the heat race on the white flag lap. Win the heat race. Yeah. Park it at the trailer. And that has now bit me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> because I had him do some stuff to the car for Vegas uh, three was it three years ago when I won the qualifier at Vegas? Yeah, yeah, because I got there the night after. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'd had him do some stuff to that car since I had drove it at Boone. I said, I want you to do this deal, and we get there and I'm like, man, let's get that thing out and practice it. And he goes, Ah, oh, my driver didn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't, and I go out, and win the heat, and win the qualifier that night, and then start on the pole and run second in the duel in the desert that yeah. year. In it, you know, and we, me and him, just he actually texted me yesterday. Just check it on your driver and see if you're alive. That's he cool. just, it's just a real cool deal. So I'm guessing you're going to continue that. I hope so. I mean, I hope I can. He's He's got Cody Laney driving it now on a local basis out there, which he did that a little bit last yeah. year. But I hope so because me and him sure get along good. Yeah. Is there any – you got this brand-new car next to us, your PRI show car. What's, uh, what's the word on that? Well, um – Speedway Motors is mostly responsible for that thing, and, and Jerry Hoffman, the one on the bottom of the stack there, and, and uh, plans for that thing will hopefully here in the next month or two we'll get that thing out, and myself or my son, one will be driving it, and the other one will be driving the other one. Cool. Both IMCA cars? You leave them IMCA? Both IMCA at this moment. Um, we've got one motor, so... It's going to be busy between the heat and the features, depending, <laughs> yeah. depending on who, between on who's up front, I guess. But for right now, that's uh, that's our plan. I, I don't care if we do like Mike Striegel and Jesse Stovall used to take turns. Yeah, that'd be cool. You, you know that story? No. Uh, uh Their first modified was a metric stub car that Dirtworks had actually just tacked together, and uh, Stovall and Striegel they they went in on it together. And they, uh, one of them would drive it on one Sunday, and one of them would drive it the next Sunday. Really? They take turns with it. it that, it's it's pretty it's pretty comical story. Yeah. That'd be hard to do because I mean, you two are gonna be on two different pages on what drives right, what drives wrong. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, he drives a lot looser car, and and uh, if we gotta fix it where we can both drive it, I'm a lot tighter in the seat. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm making up some ground but here I, in the last six months. It, that deal with Stovall, that is so funny because when he first, he is such so successful now at some of that late mall racing, you know, and to know how he was when he first started. And for him, and he may have told you guys this story when he first, when he was on your radio deal here about uh, being at Monette and starting at the back and just being happy to like, yeah. keep up yeah. with the back of the pack. And yep. I mean, I love to hear him tell that story because he's, He's he's getting better every every other week. Mm -hmm. When Striegel's not driving, he's getting better every other week. He feels like, man, I'm keeping up. And uh, the, that one Sunday night, he tells that story about, man, I, was, I felt like I was flying. 
Because I'm really doing better. He says, I'm, I can see cars, <laughs> and I'm, I'm hanging in there. And he said, myself and Bone and Muhlenberg and maybe one other, we can blapped him, went by him on the outside, <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, holy crap. But that to watch him do that, you know, to say that and mean it, and to see him run so well up to show me and stuff like that, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I was telling Austin before we started that he – he hit everything there was to hit back when he started. And then you look, if you just seen him walking around now, you wouldn't think he's a car driver. No. He didn't look like he could walk a straight line. <laughs> he's an animal. Yep. But you ever look back on any of the time? I look back on old videos and old pictures and stuff all the time. You ever look back on any of that stuff and just think like, God, <laughs> that sucked so bad. Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I asked Jesse if he got starstruck whenever you started. You, you raced with my household names to me back in the day. So it's probably no big deal, but you ever look around who you're racing with now and think like you're in it or do you feel like you belong? Uh, as I get older right here, you know, I'm reaching, I'll be 48 this month and this will be my 30th year that I've raced something every year, at least a handful of times. And, and I've got an opportunity to race with a lot of good names. And I mean, from outrunning Fry to Wendell and Moyer and all them guys with, Mars late model races to MLRA races to winning USMTS races. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's overwhelming, but even at this age and maybe not doing it as much as I used to, I actually, I feel like I still belong. Yeah. I, I feel like if I could, if I had the funding or that some guys have, or I had the, and maybe I can here before long, but, uh, again, but I, I really just want to do it to have a little fun anymore, and and uh, but I don't like to go half cocked. So I, if if I go, I, I'm I hopefully I can compete. You said you meant you said the late model deal, which reminded me of your wreck at I-44, and I, I didn't I didn't know who you guys were back then, but I thought you were dead <laughs> the way you hit the wall because that was a good wreck. So did Bill Fry, according to um, Peyton Taylor, and that was a, a good one. It was yeah. a Friday night. Is this a qualifier night for the very last Larry Phillips Memorial race they had at I-44? Yeah. You're driving that red and yellow Masters Bill. It was Masters Bill, wasn't it? Yep. Red and yellow car, but yep. throttle hung? Nope. No? Um, we took the green the first time, and me and Jackson were on the front, Tony, and we made it about to the back straightaway, and the yellow light was on. We lined up again, and I thought, well, that ain't going to happen again because I come out in second. Oh, that ain't gonna happen again. So, got that thing fired up, lined up, and headed down into three. And as I, the thing had a little hump in the racetrack right there. And as I, as I went in there, really, it was so hooked up and hammered down. You, I, we weren't lifting. weren't gonna. I hadn't planned, no. planned yeah. on lifting. But I, I, ch I just checked it. And what had happened, like Mick would say, what happened was, <laughs> it, uh. The motor had problems. It was putting compression in the crankcase, and it wound up kicking oil out the dry sump tank mm -hmm. onto the right rear tire. That car's turned around backwards faster than anything. Oh yeah, anything yeah. I'd ever ever been in in my life. And as soon as it turned around backwards, that banking at I-44, it's going up it. And I got my head back. I got a hold of the steering wheel. I got my feet on the brake pedal, and it lit in the air and hit those concrete barriers. Hit went 20, 30 foot in the air, landed flat on the back bumper, and fell on its yeah. wheels. And uh, if it hadn't been for a quick change in aluminum tubes and 
a lot of things. Them four link bars probably would have been in my seat. Yeah, that was a, a, a bad one. They, it, they, they made me go get my head looked at after that one. <laughs> did you race it? Did you race the next night? Did you race it Saturday night? No, we took it home, but okay. we, we did go get a new car and it wasn't a couple weeks I was back at it. Cause yeah, have you, do you look at late model stuff any different now or would you, is that something you'd consider if somebody called you? Oh, I'd love to again. Because <laughs> some people say, oh, no way. Oh, Rex McCroskey quit driving because he said they got too fast in the 90s. That's, that's why he quit. He said he wouldn't drive them if they had tank armor on the side of them now. <laughs> so I didn't know if that'd be any different for you now or. They, uh, no, I'd drive one. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to maintain one. And, yeah. And work on it and buy all the tires and the, the motor program. But yeah, I'd drive one. Trevor, I know you probably would. You'd drive anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while. I'd, <laughs> I'd probably jump anything with the steering wheel. That, that's a cool deal there. It, it, you know being able to to do what i've been able to do over the years and and actually joe made note of it when i first went to work for him he had saved a, a tweet that trevor had made at a young age and said uh, and he and he screenshotted joe had screenshotted it and a couple of years into me working for him he said check this out he said i've saved this for a long time before i even ever knew you guys he goes but uh, he said your boy had tweeted this I don't know what, how many years ago it had been. It's like it was the first time you went to Yuma for them guys out in the garden. They called you and they flew you out. They came and oh, picked you up. To, when I went to Casa Grande. Yeah, they came and picked you up at airplane. the airport. Airplane, yeah. Had a had a pilot come to Joplin Airport, pick me up. <laughs> Big time. Fly me, <laughs> yeah, fly me to the to garden. Then we all got in the plane and we go to the Fiesta Bowl to watch Oregon play K State. <laughs> And then we go, drop me off at the racetrack, and there were six races to be run at Canyon, and I won four of them, ran second one night, and had a, DN, had a DNF. And he had tweeted that deal. I hope someday people just call me to have me come drive their stuff like they did my dad. <laughs> That's all he said. Yeah. But Joe had saved that because he thought that was really cool. And I, and I had always said it in a different way. Now, I said it to Paul Beckham because back in the day, Dwayne Beckham, which is Paul's dad, and Terry, related to Terry Beckham. Mm -hmm. He was my hero. As a kid growing up, when I got to be in the pits at Monette, Dwayne Beckham would pull up in a vehicle, in a jump seat. It wasn't a driving suit. It's like in coveralls. <laughs> One-piece jump suit looking thing. Stuff my dad still wears when it's cold outside. <laughs> with a helmet bag. And walk in and drive that car for Corky Felker, mm -hmm. and then go home. And I thought, man, that guy's a professional racer, yeah. and win. Yeah. And and I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to do. And lo and behold, I've been lucky enough in in essence to be able to do that. I got to fly to a race one time. wasn't private, but I wanted to tell the <laughs> pilot what I was doing, <laughs> so I couldn't imagine how you felt getting picked up by somebody personal, really. Because when we went to Cruces, I, I want to tell everybody, hey, we're going here to race. And I'm sure they see it every day, but I want to tell them the whole place. I was at Fuddruckers, and I just let that lady know, go across Cruces and drive a car. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Didn't care. I was wound for, I was on 10 at the airport. Well, I flew on commercial for one of those trips. And, of course, I, my carry-on was one change of clothes, my driving suit, my shoes. All I thought, man, if they lose my stuff, 
I got to have my race car stuff, uh-huh. you know. I got to have my race car stuff. So I got one change of clothes, my helmet, my shoes. I got my helmet with me. I'm carrying it like that. that, that that's my purse. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I put it in front of me, and the lady comes by, and she says, you'll have to put that up under the seat, or you'll have to put it up in the cabinet. And I'm like, nah, I'll just put it right here. It'll be all right. She's like, no. She's, and then she looks at me. She's like, why are you, why did you bring that anyway? Well, I wasn't like you. I didn't say, yeah, I'm going out here to race. <laughs> you should have. I said, <laughs> I said, I brought it in case we crash. <laughs> and then I said, no, not, she, 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 you can't say that. I said, no, not really. I brought it. I'm flying out here to buy a motorcycle. I'm going to ride it back. Why'd you lie to her? And I appeased her. Because <laughs> she let me hang on to it. I told her race car. <laughs> I didn't get to tell anybody on the plane, but I damn sure told the lady at, at Fuddruckers. <laughs> I would have done it. Because I was, the first time ever, that was, it was my own stuff I was driving, but they, if it, anybody would have asked me, it wouldn't have been. I would have told them it was yeah. somebody else's. Yeah, I'm flying out here to do that. How did you meet with Joe? You guys are kind of a clash of, clash of personalities. You're kind of quiet and keep to yourself and work and joe was a blowhorn <laughs> so where does that happen and where'd you guys find peace with oh that? we went to buy some of them treated up tires he sells for tre- yeah. for trevor's b-mod that one time yeah we raced it we raced at monad <laughs> like i was running my midwest mod usmts race and he was running the his b-mod stuff and we walked over to we walked over to sanders and hughes and joe and vanderbeek trying to buy tires from him mm-hmm. and joe said he had a whole stack of them and so we drove Tom, Dad, and I drove down there on a on, Monday night. Yep, on Monday, and on the way over, I actually told Trevor I was kind of like in the middle of right after Dad, Granddad had passed, and, and I was working a little trucking job for Farner Bakken, and and I I told him I said, hey, we're going over there, and I said, don't be mad at me if I leave here with a job, <laughs> and and I did. Yeah, I mean, I did. So I did that for four years, and uh, you know, we had had some good times, but. Remember you racing for him? Uh, me and Trevor watched it at my mom and dad's house. For some reason, he brought the computer over. You raced the 604 car. Uh, what shady? No, it wasn't shady. It was shady some, Oaks. Yeah. Shady, yeah. Was it Shady Oaks? And that, was, that was the night we made the, the made picture. the high school the, yeah the but, high school graduate picture yeah yeah. yeah. He yeah. ran. <laughs> what did you run? Fourth, fifth? Yeah. Seventeenth, the fourth. Yeah. 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 And do you like that kind of stuff? I love it. Cause I I don't. I love the anytime, cha- I, love, I love the challenge. Anytime That's I've true. ever felt that I'm. I'm beat, and I do really well. That's better than winning. To so, me, it is. Because we, we were wound for sound that night, and then Trevor put that picture on there and brought you down, I think. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it, that's cool. I, I wish I still had the message. You it read something me. about the lines of, if you ever wanted to feel what it like is like to win again, <laughs> you might ought to think about taking that picture down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty cool, though. That was the dawn of the 604 and working its way in the AMOD stuff when everybody was saying, uh-uh. And then we had about a eight-month window when it was working, and yeah. now it's kind of going away again. But you're on the forefront of that, and you guys, you guys have been on the forefront of the crate motor stuff to begin with. Yeah, huh. yeah, but, I feel like we have, and 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 I I hate it in some ways for for motor builders and people that have helped me a lot throughout the years as well. But it just it makes sense, you know. The, when that deal first come about at Springfield and reliable Chevrolet and all that and. And uh, they had that extra money up, and it was like a no-brainer to not do it. It's like, okay, I'm going to give, at that time, I uh, give $3,000 to 
$3,012.80 for it. Dad wrote the check and I had to pay him back, so I know what it was to the penny. <laughs> um, but I put it in, I put it in a car, a $1,000 Dirtworks car that I bought, and I ran fourth the first time I ever took it to Springfield. And I outrun all the other eight crates that were there. And I got that 250. Mm -hmm. I got more for running fourth than the guy, than, than Sean Williams did, and he won. He got 275. Well, then I sell that car and I put it in the underground specialist bunch of guys. They had that gray Hoffman car, so I stuck it off in it, won the next six in a row. Mm -hmm. And it's like, my motor's paid for because it, it was $525 if you won and got the crate money. Right. Well, Amos was paying four, four foot, if they had 10, paying 400 to win. Well, it was a no brainer. So then that car, they called and said, hey, somebody wants to buy that car. So we sold it. So I went and got uh, Larry Kendall's car mm -hmm. and uh, bought it, put it together. And man, we were just, we raced it a little bit. And then I bought a, a car that, that, uh, Aunt, that Opie had, a 49 car that got wrecked at Super Nationals. I drove it seven times, won four. And then I, Jerry says, you don't like that car well, so why don't I just trade you this, this one here? So I finished the year with the car on the banner. And then with 35 starts, 26 wins, and four or five race cars doing it. With so, a crate, and a crate motor, with bottom, a, with bottom the, line. With the same crate. Yeah. The same crate. And, and, same and bolt-on parts at that, really. We rear end rear yeah. end front end everything every time we get a new car we'd have to start over <laughs> and put all that in. stuff on there and go again and then you know the the next season was a deal where he took off running it a little bit and uh, that's three-quarter oil night motor by that time well <laughs> we got to one it had 120 nights on it yeah i remember he he won a makeup feature and somebody's gonna melt it down the makeup feature. Yeah, yeah. I should have had 007 on the side of that thing when oh, I was running it. Smoking so bad. Well, here's the deal though. So that thing was tired and wore out, and man, we we'll get a new one. We we'll get a new one. I can't race the race at West Plains, a ten thousand to win deal, but he can. So we take it down there, or he does, because I'm I, have, I was working delivering milk and all that crap to them come and go stores, and uh, he calls and says, "Man, this thing is glued to the ground." It just won't go. I missed a feature by one spot. I'll be there tomorrow night. I'll get down there and fire it up. Shut it off. Can't you hear that thing running on six <laughs> cylinders? <laughs> the cam went flat in it. Yep. That was uh, that was said a whole lot nicer than it was at the time. I yeah. just want to throw I remember that him leave, me and him were just becoming buddies. I see him leaving. I was like, what the hell? He, he, said, he uh, said, Dad said I got to go home. You got to get another motor. <laughs> and then I about died I, that night, so I didn't even get to see anything happen the he next went, day. He went. I said, here's the deal. It's going to be just like you crashed in the heat race tonight because you're not going to get to race at all. So you're going to be messed up on this point deal and the two-night deal. But if you want to race this deal, you're going to have to drive home and get a little smoky. So come got that old motor, put it in. And we played our cards right, and he won the 2000 to win non-qualifier race that weekend. And it paid more to win that than it did to start the feature, right? To run fourth. Yeah, to you had to run fourth to get two grand on yeah, that deal. Just like running fourth. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah. came home, and I pulled it out of the green car, drove it back to West Plains. We put it, on, put it in on the motel parking lot over there. And then we were sitting there before the races, before that B feature, and I was, they took winner only to the A, and Nick Roberts is on my inside. And we had talked about it. And he's I said, like, you'd, be, hey. I said, you'd be smart to just do this. And you'll be pole. 
because he was the first last chance race. He'll be pole of the non qualifier race for 2000 to win. It's going to be rubbered up. They can't nobody pass you if you don't miss the river. Mm-hmm. And it'll be just like we ran fourth in the 10,000 to win show. He, so, he told me, he's like, if you can win it, go ahead and win it. Yeah, go ahead and make a race. Get, get some experience, make yeah. the race. So you did. But we went, we ran a couple laps and kind of got to fading there. And I got to looking at the leaderboard and ah, I'm just going to run second. <laughs> I think some people would sacrifice Facebook post over the money these days. If it means making the race, they're going to say piss on the two grand. Yeah. I'd probably well, do it. That, <laughs> I'd make the race. It looks. I, that's why I'm there to make the well, race. But you guys had that, different circumstances. That, that two grand, we raced on that. I mean, I know we broke a motor, but we raced on that two grand for three or four months after that. Yeah. We bought a whole bunch of used tires, and that, that money got us the gas money to get there. Yep. I'm sure Austin and myself included, we all. Any money gets made gets reinvested. I made uh, thirty-five hundred dollars at Humboldt, and I bought a quick change. Why not? Why not improve your program if you guys had two grand and bought tires and yep. go for it? When I when I first started, he paid for a lot of my stuff. We put that Midwest mod together with all the stuff over here on the shelves and out of that building over there on the other side. I kept dragging stuff. I go in that chrome building. I come in here. And he said, where'd you get that? And I said, I've had it since 1990. <laughs> and he, he kidding. I just kept bringing stuff in. Yeah. But we, I raced on, I raced on that stuff for a couple, three years. And then he started, he went to work driving trucks and out in Garden City again. And I was kind of having to do it on my own. And I started all the cars we got to crush. I'd cut the, all the wiring harnesses out of them. And I'd be out here. Monday, Tuesday, burning a wire out behind the shop yeah, so, I could afford to go, <laughs> so I could afford to go race that weekend. Yeah, My dad turned me loose several times with his own, uh, like the copper spools that come out of automatic transmissions. He would have me cleaning stuff like that. So I could, he cleaned transmissions so I can have my own money to, to go do whatever I wanted on. He'd well, bring me home just enough to get me to go whatever I wanted to do. And like I said earlier, we had the salvage and we, we had scrap and we worked hard. And, and then we had the car crusher here when I started back and... At talking about owning cars and not owning cars all those years in 2012 when I bought them cars that's actually the only the second race car I ever owned really that was mine yeah that no one could say hey I sold your car or <laughs> you know we I owned it yeah and I that, that year it, it's a you know Joe made fun of me at times for Telling it how I do, you know, what color socks I had on that night. That. <laughs> uh, I, I was telling Austin on the way down here about a straight four pro. I figured at some point pro shock would come up oh, in this yeah. conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why not? <laughs> but it uh, had $7,000 in the end in that car. And we still have it. It's sitting right out the back. And the uh, turnkey with that crate in it. And when that, you know, I totaled that up that year. Because I started off with that old, with Tyndall's car. I went to Humboldt for two back-to-back King of America yeah. shows. And they yep. had four nights in a row. Well, I won six of those eight races. And that's how, I, well, that's when it hit me. It's like, huh, I think I can win this national championship. And then you messed it up. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I messed it up. Yeah. I didn't mess it up. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. We had point inversion at Springfield. Uh, high point man started six row outside and down on the line. And you won almost all of them yep and just demolished the national points scale you but said 400 points 440 over. points so now tracks can't do that anymore we got to do the attempted redraw to make 
appease Todd Staley because if if you race at a local track with a full field, you win every week. You're just going to blow the national thing out of the water. Well, I, was well, get, I was getting eleven points, ten to eleven because it was either first or second. I broke a gear and had a twelfth or fourteenth at one of them races, and then I've done what you've done a couple times. I I went to the back and I'm back to the front and I run off the end three different times. You know, <laughs> yeah. just jump that curb and run off the end. You know, there was also three or four weeks in a row there. He started twelfth and on the first lap. He got in a wreck and went to twenty fourth and still won. Still won, but I only get the eleven points. Yeah, you get the eleven yeah. points. They should have just botched the heat race and said, "Screw it." That's t- man. I I did that a couple times in seventeen. The year you won. Six, no, I did it sixteen. I tried botching heat races and I just shoot myself in the foot. In 18, I kind of try to play the game a little bit differently, but it's hard to do that. Well, I, I'll say this. from In two or three years after I was able to win that deal, or we were, I, I say that that B-Mod class completely changed. And it's just different. What, just what you said you know, earlier about the crate had a window of opportunity. It went away. It, it came back for a little bit, and it almost went away again with that concept and that four-barrel deal. Yeah. That's why we got away from a crate motor. Cars got faster, 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 and the motor stayed the same. Well, so. over there at Humboldt, there's a king this year. B-Mod Heat Races. You know, Dan Daniels is out there. and I pay attention to lots of things. But uh, he's running 1550s with the B-Mod, and some of the A-Mods weren't going that fast. No kidding. Oh, no, no kidding. No. I know uh, Bobby Maggard said he timed the B-Mod to Springfield against the IMCA cars, which is a little different. But we were like three-tenths quicker than the IMCA cars. Yep. Because of the tire, we know that, but... Yeah, Humboldt kind of surprises me because Humboldt's fast. Well, let's just say, for example, there was heat races of B-Mods won at 1550s and 1580s. And Tyler Wolf set the track record that Saturday when it was hammered down, hooked up at 1480. That's nuts. And that was blistering fast because we practiced on Wednesday night, USMTS cars. We were like third quick, Tyler was, with a 16-1. Yeah. And then go 1480 <laughs> on Saturday. Picked up a lot. Yeah, just because of the rain. but. It's uh, definitely been a, a interesting racing career for sure. Now that Trevor snuck off, and you can say what you really think. What, <laughs> what when he first started racing, was he? Did you see it as your boy, and you get that lump, or did you see him as? Oh yeah. Because I know my dad. When I he still does it. When I first started racing, he'd burn out a carton of cigarettes a whole in a whole night. But you're a little bit more hard-nosed than my dad is. And you've been around it. You're more cultured to this stuff than dad was. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I, I reprimanded him many times. Um, we were putting cars together, putting that car to his first car together. He was 15. And, and he'd get a lot of quit at him about 9 p.m. <laughs> Tom and I, that's what Tom and I called it. We'd call it quit. He'd get a little quit in him. And a lot of times we'd just send him in the house and, there was some times when I was, I had a car here that I could have been racing and uh, him and my nephew at the time there did little Denny was doing both one. And uh, like, boys, you're gonna have to pick up the pace because I know what I want. I know what it feels like and I know what I want to do. You guys are gonna get lazy on me. I'm just gonna work on my own. Mm-hmm. But I never give up and you know, what kind of started that deal was the fact that Chad and Caleb Kofer got one out and got it going, and we went over and got to helping them with it, and and uh, it kind of inspired me to get him one. And they had 10 races that year, and Caleb won eight, and Trevor won two. Remember his first win. Oh, and, yeah. And what to do. 
he, he pulled me in Philly didn't know what to do I think I was taking pictures for that yep. just kind of like uh, <laughs> my, well, my, one reason he didn't know what to do because he was in there crying <laughs> <laughs> that's the God's truth and, and, and so was I yeah and when you talk about that lump I mean that was a that was 125 dollars to win but I don't give a shit yeah. That, yeah. it was a it was awesome awesome deal and then you seen him progress that next year they had that same sixth row inversion deal and he learned how to get through traffic and he learned how to win 10 races that year mm -hmm. of 15 and just it got to where they hate us you know they hate to love you they love to hate you well they well they do you know um you seen that as a photographer when i ran my b-mod yeah um got to see it in many many people i mean austin you get to see it too this is because you you get to hear me complain about it or whatever but from the outside looking in back in the day it was hard because i was friends with you guys or getting to be friends with you guys and at the time no one liked you <laughs> so i would go up and be hanging out with the maggards and no one liked maggards and rusty force the people didn't like them. It was just kind of it was tough to be in there but they were all doing well at the time it sucks that it's such a jealousy deal in many ways but you know my dad said the best in the 90s to some gentlemen down there at Fayetteville when you were talking earlier about that I'm gonna buy your motor well the motor wasn't what was kicking their butt right mm -hmm. it was the fact that and, and my dad my dad's exact words to those gentlemen were and this is way before social media and all <laughs> the stuff that happens nowadays and he says if you spend as much time bitching about him as he does working on his own has his, his car then you probably could keep up yeah. and, and that was and he didn't mean it bad he wasn't being arrogant or any but that's a facts yeah and if you work on it live eat sleep breathe it not just on friday saturday terry, it, ha it happens quick terry beckham was the guy here in this area for a long time with a factory stock car at, at north fork and and uh you couldn't beat him Joplin with the modified, you couldn't hardly beat him, mm -hmm. you know. And everybody, was, he's wild, he's crazy, he's out of control. We, there was there was a point in time at Joplin where they had a meeting. <laughs> they had a meeting in between heat and features about Terry. <laughs> they wanted to tell him he had to go home. He was he, he's driving across people's noses. He's out of control. I went to the meeting and I'm like, Terry wasn't invited to the meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I go up there to the meeting, and I'm like, are you guys serious? At that time, Terry Beckham worked on his race car in a little bitty shed that if it was wintertime, he had to put it in there. He had to take the front bumper off of it to get it. Well, he had to do that if he put it in there backwards to shut the door. Mm -hmm. But if it was wintertime, he had to put it, take the front bumper off and put it in there, like drive it in, because that's where the wood stove was until <laughs> so the fuel cell wouldn't blow up. <laughs> That's so awesome. he, he wasn't going to drain the fuel out of it. Yeah. And he's working at this dirt floor. And I'm like, are you, you, you guys are serious? If you work on your car like he does, just saying, I just use my dad's advice. Really. Mm -hmm. You work on that car like he does, you, maybe you can beat him. Don't gripe about him. But back in the day, Terry was a trendsetter. He'd, he'd show up to Joplin and he'd have like a dummy piece of lead, a piece of like two before steel welded up on the ends, painted yeah. white. He'd mount it up there on the halo or he'd mount it up just out there on the front bumper. Just... You'd go back the next week, and there'd be six cars with a piece right where he had it. <laughs> yeah. If it works, it works. 50 pounds, turnover. You, you yeah. done anything like that? Yeah. Um, Gene Boyder, from, uh, he runs the Arklatex Raceway now. He was a real tough race car, race driver, and raced with him at Batesville, West Plains, him and Wayne Brooks, and that all that bunch. But 
Gene would have little bitty pieces everywhere. Like, well, I mean, little bitty, like go-kart pieces. Mm-hmm. Five, six pounds. It's all over that little hot chassis car. So, I just come up with a deal where we, I found some two-by-three aluminum chunks. And the rule was you had to put two weight clamps on it. So, I had more money in weight clamps than this whole deal was worth. Because <laughs> they were still eight or ten bucks a piece in. But, so we just, we took a uh, framing hammer. I just beat the hell out of that stuff where it just looked all porous, mm. threw some dirt on it, painted, painted it white, and we had that stuff everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I had it all over that thing. I didn't have like 18 pounds on there, yeah. but it looked like 150, you know, <laughs> have it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah, it worked. Yeah, he started putting stuff on it, bigger stuff on his car? Oh, all the time. That's crazy you mentioned these things, and it's people that are relevant today doing other, like he's a race. Still involved. Yeah, they're they're still relevant. Still huh? involved. Kevin Larkins works for Speedway. He's in charge of their shock department. He was one hell of a racer, you know. Merritt works for the AFCO Pro Speed. There you go. I got the pro in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not what I thought, but it'll work. Yeah. And, and it's real funny that, that Merritt works for him because he used to give me more hell about that pro shop. Oh, them damn pros, damn pros. And then when he, when he went to work for him, I'm like, how you like me now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I ran him on the Midwest one. You really couldn't beat him. Nope. You, you hit him with a hammer and they're still good. I'm pretty sure you can't beat him now. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you, and this is one thing that we all say, you can you can go to... Go to a World Outlaw Sprint Car Race and go look around. They're all oil pros or um, perp, those purple ones or whatever. I don't know. They're all oil shocks, so a lot of them are pros. I don't understand that. Same. Just they're consistent. They're, they're really not overly priced anymore still yet. And, and I, I won my first B-Mod race on a set of uh, three corners were pros, and I had a gas lift for your build steam. Well, that's what I ran in Midwest one was that's what I won my national championship with. That's crazy. That was that was twelve, and I won that in fifteen, and I ran second at Wheatland with it. And I, I think if and you guys still, I seen Trevor dig them out at Lakeside. Where was it really? No, it was Springfield. It was crazy rough, and you guys dug those things out. No, we drug out the old, old Bill Steens. It was when he won that makeup race from the back that night. That's no, that this is March ninth. He's talking about is when it was so rough, and I was junk in the heat race. I had. All but had to run a B. I was the last car in. I started like 15th, and we passed Logan Martin with about four to go through the holes. Yep. Ryan, I was on the cushion four by four, and yeah, <laughs> Ryan was, moved up and blew well, a gear. He, yeah. He yeah. came in, and he actually he was frustrated. I was frustrated. He was frustrated. He walked away from the fence. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he back there looking at the car, and I said, i tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go watch races, and you're going to get away from me. You're going to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in the trailer, and I dug in four silver Bilsteins out. And I, and uh, that's when I learned what he could drive because I freed – I just spun that car out in the middle of, in the, middle of the back straightaway. And I just, I raised all the trailing arms, the right trailing arm up and wheel speed, you know, just all the stuff you could do to free one up. And I put them shocks on there and he's like, what do you think, dad? And I said, it's going to be good. Yeah. And it and was. It, and it was, yeah. And it, and it was old school, 30, 30, 40, 40s, no split valve, no nothing. It was shit that, that I bought back in no mid nineties to race at North Fork with. Yeah. Stuff he had to like stand on the trailer and put it between his feet and check to make sure it didn't have a dead spot when he put it on. <laughs> I was dry. I don't know where I was running sixth or seventh or something. Thought I was going pretty decent, and then around me he went. And then I went up to fall and I tore gear out of it. So I thought, he can have it. He's gonna turn over. He's gonna break here after a while. But nonetheless, 
he made it work. We, uh, before we do anything much of anything else here, I, you know, what you were saying about people's names and relevant to the sport and all that good stuff, it's a, <coughs> a pretty sad deal with Joe Garrison dying here in the last day. And it, uh, those race cars were really good for the sport, you know? Yeah, they was around for the, the and, and I hope we're still around. I hope someone can pick up the pieces and, and take that deal over and, and, and go with it because, you know, it's like when Mike Clark passed and Dirt Works and, you know, Premier Car Builder, Larry Shaw still got his deal going. And, and you know, I honestly believe there'll be some people step up and take that place over. Yeah, like GRT and Shaw and Dirt Works, that's the core of modifieds as we know it and harris yeah that's that's us in, in the early 2000s late 90s you could not beat a grt nope. there was no way late model or modified there's no way yep and the late model deal especially yeah yeah they, the bill fry had, and terry phillips in their heyday oh they had yes. the car of choice for the mlra series for sure and, yeah. and the spectator car and yeah. you know that computer generated car that joe called it and, and yeah i just wanted to mention that and touch base on that bill because you know, Trevor's won his fair share of races in GRT cars. As uh, you mentioned, Joe Garrison, he's obviously a Hall of Famer. That any any anything that ever like that crossed your mind to be inducted in some kind of local Hall of Fame thing? I wanted. I, I know a guy. He ain't been announced yet, but he's very well deserving to be put in it. And I know it shook him up when he first heard about it. Have you ever? Has any of that ever crossed your mind, or is that just hindsight? That some if they ever put you in it, you then you'll kind of go. And think about it because i i don't i'm if someone ever told me like later on you're going to be putting something like that it'd be overwhelming so when i see guys that i know personally get put in that kind of stuff shakes them up it's different because then they got that puts their whole life in perspective of what they have done leading up to this point they they dedicated their whole because i this is all i think about this stuff means the world to me so when stuff gets sideways or whatever it bothers me obviously yep. Yep. so whenever i see my friend that's getting inducted put in it it, it shook him up and it kind of put his whole life leading up to this point in perspective and i get to sit and look at him and think he's why i'm here he's a part of why i'm here and he's a part of why i respect what i what i do so much have you ever thought about anything like that or is that Something that's never crossed your mind. No, I can honestly say in the last few years I have, um, with my near death experience in fourteen and, and 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 maybe even before that when you when you drop air out of Springfield and you head up there and there's that little Hall of Fame deal yep. or whatever right there. My Rogersville. Yep, right there. Yep. I I drove by that thing for years going to West Plains or Batesville and I guess what crosses my mind is like you know, they put Larry Phillips in there, or they put this guy in there, and my granddad didn't get put in there. I thought he probably was deserving of it with, with like that Southwest Missouri racing Facebook page with, yep. with you know, that Tim Belk, with Jack Belk and Tim Belk and Dwayne Beckham and all these old guys around here, DB, but all them old guys that raced over here at Joplin on 20th Street. I think my, you know, I think there was a family member deserving of it, and, uh, Maybe I can be that guy, and I think I've I have thought about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I have I have because I you know I think it it skips some guys, and I think it's missed some guys that are way deserving of it. Um, you know, and Kevin Larkins was talking about he got a call, and I guess you've got to be a certain age maybe up there in Nebraska, mm -hmm. and it's fifty five. And he'll turn 55 this year, and they called him to induct him. That's cool. And mm -hmm. he he did exactly. What you were saying, I was there when he hung up. He goes, clicked that phone on his deal, and he's like, 
I don't know what to think about that. Yeah. He goes, they're going to thinking about inducting me in the Nebraska Hall of Fame, Rayford's Hall of Fame. Well, that's cool. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, recently I have thought about it again. I think it's cool that if someone uh, – there's a board of people and there's enough people there in any of these boards that they know you well enough to know – or they know enough about you. That's what I want to be known by, like, when I get older, is what he did, not when he's barking his chops or whatever. It's about the stuff that happened. And the person that I'm talking about has done a bunch for other people. So it's really cool. So if you ever get that phone call, then I know I'm going to know how you feel. So I think oh, that's going to be pretty cool. It, I, yeah, it would be neat. It's, I, and I think it's not about the races that you've won or the – Trophies that you got sitting around, or the ones that you should, you know, or who you're mad at, or who's your rival, or whatever. I think it's an overall perspective of the sport. And I'm like you, I love it, I do. And and uh, when I get the opportunity to do it, I always like to show how much I love it. Yeah, and know? obviously because you guys have helped me so much. Well, I mean, and and, and, I <laughs> and not just me. I mean, you guys help a lot of people. There's a lot to that. There's a you know, and if that's what it takes. You know, Dad used to get on to me. Good Lord. You know, we'd be winning races and being competitive all over the country. And, and a guy walk up to you and say, well, what about... And I'd just tell him. Yeah. And he'd walk away and Dad'd say, quit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dude, he's 20 yards that way. He thinks I'm lying to him. Oh, yeah. I flat-ass yeah. told him the truth and he honestly thinks I'm, I lied. There's yeah, no way he told me the truth. That's you know? exactly what Ryan does half the time when we start to tell him something. He's like, no, no, that ain't going to work. No. <laughs> I got no. my own perception of what works and what doesn't. And that just, just happened this year. I had I got on the phone with a dude. He told me, hey, this is it right here. Called Trevor. Said, hey, I got it. I got it. I'm going to be fast as hell. He's like, it ain't going to work. And it didn't. I was slow as hell. <laughs> I was convinced he's trying to tell me a story just to get me off of it. Because he knows this as well as anybody. I'm hard to get to change. Hmm? Cause he's like, hey, let's add ten pounds of bike from what last scale was. I'm like, oh no, I don't even know what that's gonna do. <laughs> Remember, I ran the same scale numbers and shocks for like four and a half years. Yeah. He'll he'll call me over there and be like, hey, come look at this. It's way off. It's got fifteen pounds more left rear than what his sheet that he writes down on. He pulls I drive it out of the top. Crazy. Yeah. He pulls it out of the top drawer of the toolbox. He's like, no, this is what we ran last time. Yeah. Said, it's got to go back here. I just think it's got to be the same number I did. Now I understand. If the overall way the car is higher, the numbers are going to be higher. <laughs> so <laughs> I start adding stuff to the car, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, the left rear weighed this last time. He's like, yeah, it did, but the car is 50 pounds heavier. Yeah, you got 50 There's pounds heavier. Of, there, yeah, there, yeah <laughs> me too. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of new things that are that – are, uh, working i'll say working but yet i i believe that when one guy gets on it and if you was to really look at the overall picture of things sometimes that if he he does it does it does it well now he it ain't really that much faster but he he in essence he got you to do it and he got you to do it and he got that guy to do it well now he slowed the whole field down mm -hmm. and if a guy would really monitor lap times like we can nowadays you'll find that if you went back to that old basic bullshit you might be four tenths faster we're there aren't we <laughs> i got last year kind of got lost a little bit trying some stuff that i heard about and trevor's like hey, whatever we tried out and we're back back to that same old stuff of five years ago it's the yeah, same I stuff mean, he ryan called me over at the beginning of the year and he was doing all he tried the couple stuff there at the march madness and then i he, ran ninth 
as hard as I could drive it. He's like like hey, trying, we, trying to kill it. Yeah. It's going backwards. He called, he's like, hey, we got to do something different. He said, you got to come help me. I told him to take in the springs and throw them in the backyard. <laughs> and enough with it. Yeah, we're back to the same stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, there is tricks out there, but it's kind of, it's good to get back to basics. Know what you know. I went to Humboldt with stuff that I've known for my whole, every time I've driven a car and it worked. It just puts you in control instead of some variable in your head. Because if you go out there thinking it's going to do something and you're slow, it's that. It's not just the well, guy driving it. You can get that guy that's doing all that fancy stuff, and it's great if you can get him right there behind you for just a minute, and you know it on that race receiver when they're going, okay, this inside, inside, outside, inside, outside. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and you run down there, and, and they get them, them old dudes are all tight and jacked up, and next thing you know, you got to have straightaway lead because your stuff just, whoop. Yeah, just turns. Yeah. I don't have lots of... They're right front, hit the ground, the brakes were sparking. Left wheel goes off the ground three inches and you're gone. But it takes a neat picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Coming yeah. from the photographer. They were kind of talking about that on the uh, Dale Jr. podcast or download, whatever they call it. <clears throat> They're talking about how Dale Jr. and his, his dad were qualifying somewhere and Jr. qualified third and his dad qualified 15th. And Sr. said, well, you watch out about lap 25. Ah, He's yeah. like, I'll drive around you. Yep. <laughs> and he did. And he... His dad said his car just turned real easy. You know, wasn't a bunch to it. And he said, you know, it paid off after, you know, wasn't fastest right off the bat. But, man, you keep going. I yeah. used to tell, we'd be at Springfield, and uh, that year I run that car so much. And Don Luna raced there. And uh, there was a lot of guys, you know, they come over and they look at that car. I let them look at it. Didn't matter to me. Tom would try to run them off, though. So. They look at that car. They <laughs> they look at that car and they look at the bar angles in that thing versus what you guys are doing now, even. And uh, how do you do that? You know, uh, man, I, I'm gonna drop my right lower. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. When you drive off into three and you jump over the cushion, I'm just gonna turn left and drive by you. Yeah. Well, three weeks in a row, Don Luna had Don Luna had a good car back then, and he'd do that, and I'd drive by him and then with Andy, the fifty. You know, they were working on it together. And uh, I drive by them every week. It's like, God, you're killing me. Well, Don could raise that bar. Hey, we're talking about six degrees. Raise that yeah. bar two holes, and he's like, Oh, this thing's gonna spin out. Yeah, that was me. Was true. <laughs> yeah. You know, it took me two years to lower my right bar. Two years, cause I was scared to death. I didn't know what it did. <laughs> He'd come in complaining he's free. He's free. It's like I'm gonna pull a wheel spacer. So drop the right bar. No, no, I, I ain't gonna do I, that. The first time he ever told me to drop the bar and I did it, I lengthened it too. I didn't do shit. It just <laughs> stayed the same. I, <laughs> I was, then I didn't tell him nothing about it. He's like, how was it? I was like, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got out of it. Uh, but. There's, it's, it. It's all driver preference, you know. You can watch a guy drive. Because, uh, like, I can jump in something he's drove and I can deal with it. Uh, it's it's tight. It'll turn eventually, but he goes to getting something that I've got set up for how I like it, and he comes in and he throws a freaking book at it, and changes everything. I it starts yeah. back over. <laughs> There's a we put the question thing on Facebook, and Joe Duvall wanted to know what color socks you're wearing when you come <laughs> off the back and one at Muskogee and Dan Leatherman's GRT. <laughs> it's oddly specific. <laughs> I told you he'd give me hell about what kind of socks I had. Huh? You got any recollection of that? Oh uh, well, I don't know if I ever wanted Dan Leatherman's GRT. So, <laughs> uh, and that'd be God's truth because it was a metric stub car. 
this wasn't go. It just wasn't go. <laughs> but, and then a couple of years, they built them on Chevelles, and they went to gold. So um, I'm pretty sure I threw everything and my socks at it that night. Just one of them deals. Yeah, Dylan Allen wants to know if, I'm guessing he's saying today, if you could race anything, anywhere, where, where would it be and what? Hmm. Good question. That's another guy that was tough. His dad. John We're going to get John at he, some point. He, he just lives too damn far away. He's got a lot of good <laughs> stories. We'll make him drive over here. He'll, he can come to Kansas line. I think we're going to catch Kenton in Pittsburgh sometime. Maybe he can come to Pittsburgh. That's where Kenton's staying. Mm -hmm. Anything, anytime, anywhere. I, I assume he's asking favorite car, favorite track. Just anything. Time. If there's one thing you could do. And where. Yeah, and where. I'll give you an example just to kind of get your mind, give you time to think about it. But I've always thought about how cool it would be to drive a, like an F1 car. Man, I think those just, well, just like the pinnacle of cars. I mean, yeah. they don't get any more expensive and any more tech technologically advanced than an F one car. I always had a soft spot because we miss messing with those go karts on those road courses. I always think it'd be fun to drive something like I guess an F one car would be a good example. Some kind of sports car with on a road course. I yeah. think that's cool because when we go messing with those go karts on those kind of road course tracks, that's so fun because you catch yourself doing horrible habits on the opposite direction you're used to turning when you turn left you got your shit figured out but you turn right you start wheel hopping or you're sideways or whatever so I'm all, i think i'd be cool to try something like that i don't really know where every time we went to saddlers we had a blast i was really was good at laguna yeah. seca on gran turismo <laughs> so maybe yeah, that'd be too. it yeah <laughs> me too. start me out in miata or something honestly i've had the opportunity to drive lots of things for lots of people i really have whether it be imca cars usmts cars late models um, Didn't you drive a sprint car once, so like North Warp, Toby Rounds? I, I drove a 360 car, and I actually have an opportunity this year to drive a non-wing 360 car. And I'm real, I, I really, <laughs> I really want to do it. Um, I, and it's good stuff. And it's uh, Tom Arts and his son TJ from up there in Nebraska. And I really want to do that deal. I, I kind of got the itch because it's a challenge, like. You said earlier, and you you met one of those challenges when you drove Ken Walker's Midwest mod and made the That's B mod. Drive. Different deal. Yeah. yeah, you had to push it to the to the edge, you know, to do it, and that it goes with me running that other car with the USMTS stuff, which was Joe's, and it was just fun. It was no pressure. Everything you do is a bonus, you know. And twelve races into that deal, we hell, we won fifteen thousand dollars for this thing that we give two thousand dollars for the motor. Yeah, but um, probably. I wish I could line up over there at freaking Lucas Hall with one of them four-wheel drive trucks. That's a pretty good answer. I, I, I think that would just, a two-wheel drive would be the one. Two-wheel drive, yeah. Because oh, yeah. more throttle control. Yeah. I don't want, I, I want, I'd like to drive one of them off-road trucks. That's a pretty good answer. You wouldn't like a four-wheel drive? I thought you liked tight, <clears throat> tight race car. You know how badass wheels left, you know, <laughs> How yeah. badass it'd be to come off one of those tabletops and just... 90 degrees like those two-wheel guys are oh yeah but the four-wheel guy can go forward but it would be so fun to be sideways with that much stuff underneath you all I that travel be awesome and i think the perfect sponsor for me would probably be depends because i probably <laughs> shit my pants <laughs> yeah. but just get the pins all over that thing you know yeah that would be a, 
I think, I mean, that would be something that I haven't driven that I would like to, to race, you know. But uh, then again, I, you know, I hear, here's what I've always said about this sport. And if you don't, if you don't think you can, then you probably better not line up. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not being an arrogant, cocky deal. It, it's just a deal where, like, if when I feel like my eyes are bad and I can't do it or I've lost the edge, and I haven't raced very much here in the last few years, but I don't think I've lost, I don't feel like I've lost the edge. That's yeah. when I want to quit, too, is when I can no longer exceed my expectations. Yeah. I don't want to go out because I like it still. Yeah, you don't want to do that ninth place deal. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that people I, from I, days I, past that are absolute animals now, and now they're just doing it because they don't know any better, and I hate seeing it because I tell people, like, hey, he was an animal in his time, and it just they don't they don't have the appreciation for him like I do. Yep. So, yep. And I... I you know, I really, I have a goal here for this month, and I don't know if I can get it done, but. Uh, oh, we'll get it done. My goal is to uh, take one of these cars to uh, West Plains, or West Plains. That's where the show me belongs in my eyes. But Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Got in trouble for that a long time ago. Hell yeah. Yeah. Always will. <laughs> Always will. But I, that because I've been around it for 30 years, but. I, I would like to go to Wheatland with my car and race during the show me and with my 604. And yeah. if anybody listening, I've been trying. Anybody listening needs somebody to drive a car for the show me. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay my own way, bring my own help, and keep money. I've been trying. I've been putting it out there. So me, I'm hoping to. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, they'll tell you it's at Les Plains. <laughs> you'll show up all by yourself i was uh i don't even know the first year that they were at wheatland but i was smart ass on facebook and i said i was i went to west plains with jc and them they had a b-mod race there that night and uh i was saying i put tagged myself as being there and said uh i'm where the show me should be and dan robinson was the first one to reply so that's why i gotta keep my mouth shut i got in trouble for that and every time i see him like I was at a sprint car race, and he said, uh, I, I was like, hey, track was really good. It's a good race. He's like, yeah, not bad for Wheatland, huh? I don't know that there's anything wrong with it. Here's here's the deal. You can talk about, you want to talk about racing. What are we talking about? We're talking about history. Mm-hmm. And the history of racing is what generates you kids, and I say it that way because I'm not one anymore. It generates you kids to want to do it. And then... You're gonna you're gonna create another generation. You've got a ten year old kid in the stands that, that just loves to watch you, mm-hmm. and he's gonna want to drive one. He comes to see you every week, yep. whatever. You know, um, that's what it's all about, right there. I think growing up, uh, there's a couple places I wanted to race specifically, and it's not because of the, where it's at. It's just who I've seen race there. Like I said, when I first got going, I pictured it as being a big rental cart deal. All my buddies are racing. But I was able to participate with them on something I've never done. So first time I get to go to a new track that I've watched peers race on, it's like I'm part of the club now. So they start talking about, oh, I raced here. I'm like, well, me, I did too. Yeah, well, I, can, I can get in on the conversation. So that's that may be kind of what you're getting at. Was the kids watching and they can't wait to do that yep. that they're seeing? I want to do that, you know. And and, and I got a good story that goes a lot right along with that. Uh, Tyler Wolf's son, Casey, three years old. Um. Talks about his daddy's race car. Is that my race car? Which one's mine? But I'm going to tell you that three out of four, three out of five days a week, if he comes to the shop, he's got a Bobby Pierce shirt on. Mm-hmm. 
He's three years old, and he likes Bobby Pierce. Yeah. Why is he like Bobby Pierce? Because he's watched what Bobby Pierce does, whether it be a hero, checkers, wreckers, hero, zero, whatever. But he loves that the way Bobby Pierce gets safe. Yeah. Growing up, Bill Fry was my man. I watched everything he did. My Uncle Dean kind of got me introduced in that direction. And then Dad always took me to the races, and Bill Fry was the man. And I watched everything he did. I had his T-shirts. Anything he put out was on my, hanging on my wall. Myself, too. Um, I watched him and Rex run them street stocks at, at Monette. They were still 64, white and blue 64, and all blue, baby blue 66. And when I got to the opportunity to race with them guys running that late model for the guys out of Kansas City, and uh, we, it was July. We'd had seven inches of rain in about four days, three, four days in July. And we're at Bolivar, Missouri's track, another place that's closed, another history deal. But uh, I walked off the hill, and Bill's getting in his car to go out and hot lap for that wreck for that night. And when I walked by, I just kind of, he's getting in, and I just kind of give him one of them little grins, you know. And I was driving a Rayburn car for them guys. I was the only Rayburn in the field mm -hmm. at the, around here. And Fry says, hey. I go, what? And he goes, you need to quit smiling like a possum eating crap. Because <laughs> he knew it is rough, and them four-link cars ain't going to like that stuff, yeah. you know? And he led all that thing. We had a yellow with two to go. That's back when they started doubling us up behind him. And Bill probably, he'd been around Bolivar more than, more laps than I'll ever go, or more years than I was born, but for whatever reason getting into one he felt like he he needed to not get in there on it the first time like we had once we were going and he i put it in there mm -hmm. and i passed him to win that freaking rate mall race and i think the coolest moment was when i was pulled up on the front straightaway and bill fry turns around in the infield and drives by and high fives me before cool. i got out of the yeah. car and that to me that was my he was a hero of mine and when he done that to me it was one of those bring tears to your eyes moments it's like man i just i just earned that man's respect yeah that's awesome you know and that's it's just like that's the kind of stuff that keeps you doing this stuff yeah yeah that's still to this day i'm racing with some people that i don't think i have any business racing with and just being able to race with them mm -hmm. excites me yeah. Just uh, I've, I've not not that race very long, but sometimes the excitement is gone. It's just a routine. You just do your thing, you know. I think we had I had a good time or a good laugh out of that deal a couple of years at Baseville. Cause oh man, a couple of years ago at Baseville, <laughs> you know. And I, we've always give you hell about oh hell, he's just photographer, but a pretty good race car driver too. And uh, we were racing that deal down there at that Mark Martin race, and we were following that guy and following that guy. I was for a minute, and you got up beside me, and I was like, nah. I'll just get this guy out of our way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same, same weekend, uh, the Friday night qualifier or Thursday night, I don't know, one of the qualifiers. I Friday came from night. like 21st and was 6th. Yeah. And I was about to make the race, and they double filed us up, and I looked to my right, and it's Kelly Schrock. I didn't even know I passed him. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. And then I fell like a rock after that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no nine time got to you. Yeah, I was like, holy! That's, I didn't know I passed him. I had no idea. I was that was may well have been my first time driving a car all over again. My eyes were huge, yeah. so, and I, I was passing some cars. I didn't realize what was going on, and we had a yellow, and I think they took eight, and I count myself down. Shit, I'm about to make the race. 
And Shrock pulled up next to me. I'm like, uh-oh. Whoa. <laughs> and I think I got 10th or something. I yeah. just missed it. Yeah. And I sucked the next night. You were in my heat race the next night. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I sucked too. Yeah I, yeah, I don't think either one of us made it out of it. And no, we both sucked. But terrible. Yeah, was, terrible. My sister, she's surprising me, asking some questions here. She wants to know something in the current state of racing culture that frustrates you more than anything. Hmm. The current state. Hmm. Wow, there's there's a lot to be said there. Um, I think it would be the way that they that that the racers treat each other. Uh, versus, you know, we were all pretty good friends, and we got along. You don't see the come, and, and the Scott boys touched on this at that banquet this year, and I was I was actually really glad to hear was, somebody say it. I was surprised to hear it from uh, them. I, I, me too, because they keep to themselves, and they're usually the first one to to scream at somebody. But the com <laughs> the camaraderie that that is missing from the sport. Yeah, yeah once uh, once you cross the line to the same class as someone, it goes away. Usually, if you're inner class, whatever, you're friends with everybody. But and once I, you I cross just, into that class, you're not friends with that person with the, those people. And I, if that's what you're saying. Yep. yep. Yeah. I'd say my next pet peeve is is what what there's good things that social media has done for the sport, and there's just as many armchair racers out there that that can hurt a, hurt that mm -hmm. as well. I don't, I don't know if you guys see it or not, but large events, those are the worst. Because you get these people that only go to these events, and they see that one thing that one year. Man, these, people, these people that go to the Show Me 100, they won't go to the race the rest of the year. Or they go to the four-state race. You don't see them all year. That's a really good question she got there because I, I just keep things just keep hitting me. And I'm going to tell you one that really pisses me off probably is the fact that there's so many racetracks that have closed and that for people to bash the promoter or the track or the surface or the, you know, the circumstances and, and say, wow, I ain't never going, you know, they're not going back. Guess what? There, you, if, if we could, if we could visit their Apple pay or their iTunes account, and see that they paid twenty four ninety five to watch it from their couch, mm -hmm. and then they bash it again. That pisses me off. Yeah. And because they're not support, they're supporting it, but they're not supporting it. Right. And one thing that him and I talked about the other day is, it seems to be that everybody they won't just man up and race anymore. If it's not perfect, they want nothing to do with it. They 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 want the racetrack to be perfect. They want the car rough. to be perfect. <laughs> I don't have enough tear-offs. Yeah. <laughs> My dad always told me, he said, it doesn't matter what the track is. Everybody's got a race on it. It's not yeah. like you got a different track than anybody else. Yeah. And you know what we used to fight more than now than, than then was the fact that, oh, my God, you go to Monad or you go somewhere and it's a, it'd be three foot deep in mud. And you had used to. to. Used to, yeah. And you had to go, well, you had to go out there and pack it. Yeah. Oh, I just talked about this last week, didn't we? Also? And you yep. go out there and pack it. And yep. You pack it in reverse order, and nobody wants everybody driving just putting their left sides in it. Nobody get down in it. Well, mm -hmm. then they bitch. Well, the guys that really bitch are the ones that said, "Oh, mine won't start," or they wouldn't even come help. Yeah, you know, and just what he said. All right. You can't gripe because you didn't help. Everybody's got the same service. We just talked about that last week because yep. 
Jackie's a Jackie Dalton's a real big person on that. He hot laps every week because he wants. He says for crate motor, but he wants a racetrack. We all want a racetrack. I spent Sunday at Monette helping back pack the track in. I gotta wash it. Why not do it? So every every week that I race Monette that last year, pack the track. I yeah. I wouldn't hot lap. I'd help them pack if they needed help to pack after. They tried to rain it out a couple times with the water truck, or we had a ton of rain. <laughs> but, like, I wouldn't hot lap. I didn't feel the need to hot lap. I didn't want to burn the tire, didn't want to burn the fuel. And Jackie'd come in after he hot lapped, and he would walk over to me, and he, he would tell me that yeah. I was stupid for not hot lapping yeah. because it's only going to hurt me and him because we had crates. But, but in some senses, um, I don't agree with that because if you watch hot laps, everybody hot laps in the same groove. <laughs> Yeah, and they mm-hmm. beat they just beat the middle out of it, and that's why Hoffman. I like the way he operates that deal sometimes because he, it's 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 time, it's time to go, and West Plains was that way. Old man Gibson, Don and Billy that owned it, they packed that thing with all them blue trucks. Race car didn't have to burn their fuel packing it. Now just because I overwatered it, and now I got guys burning eight and ten dollar a gallon gas trying to get this thing fixed for me. Uh, you know, you're costing your racer, the guy that's supporting you to get your track ready. I, there's some things about that that aggravate me, but uh, I like the way some some of that deal. You know, if the guy pushes the tires out and says, oh, you guys can hot lap up here, I like that. Yeah, go-kart style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've done that a bunch. Keep, keep the track ready, you know. I think Jerry pretty much used to park his four-wheeler. He <laughs> to go around it. But I don't think if he could, he would still, but it belongs to the Honda Ozark, so he can't, do, can't really do that. Uh, one one more here. Uh, where'd you find Dylan Allen's at? I, it doesn't pop up on the thing. He was here. on the one I shared. Oh, okay. Well, Timmy Johnson wants to know, you and Trevor, Super Nationals, come out of four. Who's getting ran over? You running him over or you letting him win? <laughs> letting uh, there him is, win. There is going to be a lot of tore up stuff. This is two questions here. I want one you to answer. I want Trevor to answer one. We'll, we'll come to an equal ground. First off, what little we have raced each other, I've never let him win. No. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, uh, in 30 years, I've had just very few opportunities and as the same as ever, lots of people, to win the Super Nationals, and I'll run plumb over his ass. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to get soft on that. No, no, no. no. Not going to get soft. Because this opens up. I'm going to John Logan. This opens up the other story where one of the first few times we raced together was at Siloam. And I'm running fourth or fifth. I'm, it's it's rough. It's fast. It's wet. I'm just kind of riding around. I'm I'm content. I'm not pushing the issue. And he his the the deck bar on the back left about a foot and a half streak down the left side of my door <laughs> because I was in the way. But it also said, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. He picked her up when I went by. <laughs> because I was trying to give it back to him. What I asked him was when it was over, he was whining like a big baby because I bent his car up. <laughs> or our car up. But we're standing there looking at it, and I'm like, so I run into you. Yeah, you run into me. I go, how come that body mount's going backwards? <laughs> if I had hit you, I'd have knocked it forward. Evidently, I how's this work? <laughs> I had him thinking about it. <laughs> but... Grant to the question. 
Sparks are going to be flying because he ain't winning yeah. that bunk very easy. <laughs> I think I, I had so much fun. It, it's going to be a Talladega Nights deal where we're both crashed and we're going to have to run across the yeah. <laughs> I can I can tell you this. When he moved up into the B-Mod class and we had the, one of the incredible pizza cars and then he was driving. I was driving yours. Our car, my car, yeah. And I was driving, which was old Timmy Liker's old car at the time. It was a Hoffman car too. But uh, one of those nights there, he, he beat me. The first time he beat me, we parked, we pulled up to the trailer, and I, I, about the time I pull up there and set things off, I look over there, and he's just grinning, there it is, boy, and he, he goes, I'm going to retire, <laughs> and I said, what? And he goes, I just beat you, I quit, <laughs> but, but then in the next month, we had some hellacious side-by-side pictures that mm-hmm. you may have taken, yeah. um, we raced and we give JC some hell that one night, man. We were all over him and oh, before the yeah, on restart. Oh, we got yeah, there. Peekaboo. Oh, it was. Man, we, I was doing the peekaboo deal. I was trying to get him protected. I had my knee on the wheel and I'm telling Trevor, "You go upstairs. I got, I got him." We, we drive down the back straightaway and, and my, uh, JC's we, pointing at his watch. Yeah. He's trying to get him to call it. <laughs> man, had yellow after yellow. Yeah. He's going, "Call it, call it." Call me, it. <laughs> me and Dad, be, me and Dad, we drive down the back straightaway, getting ready to take the green, and we'd be looking at each other and he'd point at me and I'd pop JC <laughs> and JC he JC move down yeah. and my dad had hit him and Jason moved back up. He didn't know where to take off with us both behind him, you know. It's like, yeah, that was so much fun. Because if there's one thing I've learned, it's how to restart a race. Oh, yeah. And Ryan has said sometimes it's questionable, but they'll throw the flag. And if it throw, they throw the flag, it's gold. They oh. give you one chance or two. They give you two chances. They're going to tell you the first time, huh? They're going to put it back. It's guaranteed if I race with Todd Staley. And I'm on the front row. I get to start on the second row. <laughs> and he does it to me every time. And he did it to me in that 604 car at Goliad. Um, we go take off, and I, hell, I'm not killed them guys by 6'8 car. And, and he puts me, okay, you'll get to try that from the second row outside this time, Drake. And I'm like, I can't spin a wheel. I can't help it. He can. You know? I got 430 horsepower. But like, I. It, it goes back to Trevor outrunning you that one time, but there was one time I got the race with you at Monette. Tonight we had the Talladega wreck, but in the heat race, I passed somebody. I don't know how it went. We were going up the backstretch side by side, and you were driving Trevor's car that night because something was wrong with it. And when we were all off into three and four, I was ready to wreck. <laughs> you were not going to get in that corner harder than me. And I came out of four, and nobody was next to me. I'm like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is it. I was telling Trevor that the other day. Yeah. All I seen was your nose. I knew it was you. It's like, no, I'll never live it down because you're going to ask me what I was doing. Yeah. But, so. and I mean, you and I, we talked about this before, but him and I did the same thing. We started side by side in a heat race. I knew it was on happening. The, on yeah. the front row. He knew I was going to jump, so he jumped. We went down the back straightaway. Both tires are smoking. Yeah. I was in John Stewart's car and he wanted to know what was going on. So <laughs> letting him pass me like that. Because <laughs> I knew what was go- I knew what was going on. We uh Chris Abelson and myself, the last chance race at Vegas two years ago. Yeah. You know, we we will up there and, and Dwayne Cleveland, the guy that got me that driving deal with Terry Henry, he owned the car that Abelson was driving at the time. It was GRT two C on it and it's like winter only. And uh He'd been over there all day. Oh, man, oh, man, this is going to be a one. I said, oh, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a dandy. Well, we'd, we'd get out there, get out there, you know. And Chris, he, 
he's out there like I'm not, uh-uh, I just don't even go. Yeah. And they call her back. Oh, they're chewing our ass on the race receiver, you know. Next time, I got to jump on him pretty good. And, and they call her back again. And then, man, they now they are lit up on us <laughs> on the race receiver. It's like, you two need to straighten this crap up or you're going to find yourself. I figured they was going to do it. <laughs> well, they did. Well, Chris, he gets the jump. He gets the lead on me. And he just pressurized because I just kept staying after him. And everybody told me, you can't run the bottom three, three, and four. Can't do it. No one done Bobby Hill couldn't do it. Ain't no way you can do it. Well, Avison, he blows in there on the cushion. I just truck to the bottom. Ooh, smoke right up beside him. We're going down the front straightaway. He's going to pour. It's like like you just said. He ain't beating me in that corner. Yeah. But he drives into one. I just watched him go <laughs> right into the fence. I just turned left and said goodbye. And now Dwayne, we never touched each other. But the guy that owns the car, he is so mad at me. He says, I, what I do? You just, you got in his head. That ain't your fault. Isn't that what racing is? I didn't knock him into the wall. Yeah. But that's what racing is. You know, I used to be able to do that when Ed Potts was alive, and he helped Keeter all the time. We would have some pretty good battles in the A-Mod races at Springfield. Mm -hmm. And if Keeter was out front and the caution come out, I made it a point to pull up there and hit him in the back bumper. (laughs) Just what it is. Yeah. Just run up there and... And it, if nothing else, it got Ed's blood pressure pumping. <laughs> yeah. And then on the restart, Keeter'd miss the corner every time. I drive right. Drive right. <laughs> There's nothing more aggravating when you know you got schooled or nothing you can do about it. Him and Jackie Dalton were so easy to mess with. <laughs> and his dad, and Jackie's dad would say that stuff. He said, when you boys figure out how to run the top on that one end, you might start beating that car. But until you do, you're not going to beat it. <laughs> well, then I got to where... I was a spec. I would watch them guys race while I was running my BMO, and I got to watching like Mitch or Jackie one would be leading, and the other one would catch one, and they finally figured out. Well, I'll just pull out and drive around him down here, and they started winning races mm-hmm. against each other using that same man. I love that place. J- Jerry's track is this is a lot of fun. Yeah, and he put he put the curve back. That's what I heard. So you have fun with that. It's serious. That's, that's really good. Just like it used to be. About that's good. Foot that, means and a half, we two got, that means we got two link at one. Yeah, no joke. When you hit it, it takes a. Well, you see me hit it a couple weeks ago. It took <laughs> right front from me. Yeah, it kind of crow hopped when I hit it. I squared it up. I wasn't expecting to hit it. I was driving the corner pretty straight. And, you know, it took the right front away from me. But that's probably some of the best racing I've seen was my dad and Jody Tillman up there on that cushion, full oh, bar, yeah. the full bar two link days. Just lay it on there and uh, let it eat wide open. That was cl- uh, Springfield's still good, but that was classic Springfield. That was its heyday racetrack yeah. right there. Shit happened back then. You gotta put your body on different. You gotta cut your door about half off. <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> rolls mine under, and my quarter panel gets rolled yeah, up. You now. gotta go right up there about this above that about that shovel sticker and just whack it right. <laughs> so it doesn't get in the ground, yeah. and it's aero effective now. <laughs> first, the first time I raced late models at uh, Northern Iowa be like corning and up in there we run that nascar series bush series mm-hmm. stuff when it was that and the kasiskis ran it joe and steve and jeff french and what is that called now? jeff ike still around joe kasiski still has a series up there but yeah i, I know what you're talking about uh, yeah uh we ran that deal and we get up there and barry the known that late model he says why do you reckon them guys this car so ugly he said man the doors are only like this tall 
Uh, we went out in the hot lap. We figured out why. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it grabbed the front corner and it ripped our shit off. <laughs> to where that door bar comes out there in the middle of the door. Mm -hmm. Barry took those electric shears. And right underneath that door bar, he just cut that sucker off. We, did, we only had this much metal. <laughs> but we got the finish. That's we ran awesome. the whole race. But we, he said, now I know why they're so ugly. <laughs> That's awesome. But, yeah, it is unreal. Well, you guys want to wrap this up? You bet. I, I wanted to say one more thing before we wrap up. And you guys were talking about <clears throat> racing heroes growing up. And my dad was a big one, but... I was excited to show up to the racetrack to watch Scott Drake race. And I've told Trevor this a couple of times, but yeah, it, it was Scott Drake show every weekend, Saturday, Sunday at Monette. That's what I wanted to do growing up. And when I got the opportunity to like meet you guys and hang out with you guys, it was like, you know, it's like meeting, it was meeting your hero. And now that I've got to know you a little better, it's, it's, I don't know, I think you talked about it last week, how it's, it's it, weird knowing your heroes. Yeah, it kind of doles it a little bit, but it's still cool because, yeah, you know, yeah. like when someone talks highly of that person, you're like, shit, I can call him right now. Yeah. Because you, you know them. When you told me I was tickled to death, I'm like, man, it's going to be the best one. <laughs> yeah. I know it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does dole it a little bit. You race with your heroes, and then you see them through walking through the pits, and yeah, they're still your heroes, but they don't have that aura that they're used to, the unapproachable aura, but at the same time, they're still the baddest people walking. So you, you, you got to know what I mean by that. Yeah. I, I remember being a little kid. I was scared to go up to Scott's car. And yeah. <laughs> that wasn't very many years ago after you did that one little deal. You were scared of me for a little bit, too. Oh, <laughs> not the end. No. I learned. That was... It, that you know, uh, it's it's a different deal, but <laughs> all I did was that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it wasn't you, but it was your dad. I got Trevor some pictures. I don't know if he's told you this shit or not, but I got Trevor some pictures that your dad wanted. Trevor told him I didn't bring them. He had them in the truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> and your dad was mad yeah. as hell at me. Oh, he wouldn't oh, yeah. talk to me for a long time. Oh. He had them in his damn truck the whole time. Oh yeah. I asked Trevor, I said, why won't Cliff say anything to me? He said, he's mad at you. He said, why? He said, I told him you didn't bring them pictures. <laughs> like, you said, why? Why'd you do that? <laughs> they were, he had them the whole time, so I got all you guys mad at some uh, point. I, I think that's really cool. I mean, and that, that goes back to some of that other the stuff we were talking about if you're, as you're a kid. And, and, you know, Tad Wheeler's even told me that same kind of thing you just said. But, you know, Tad Wheeler was a young boy, and, and uh, he... He loved to watch me race, you know, and we used to have that old uh, North-South shootout thing years ago. Yeah. It'd be Tri-State, yep. Muskogee, Monette. Yep. And uh, I'd, I'd go over there in them guys' area and do well, and, and it was always, come on down here Sunday, you know, and it was great to, to know that all the people in, from, from our track or from our area would say, yeah, you just watch this. He's he, he, he going to show them how to get yeah. around this joint. Yeah. And there was time, every time we would have that deal, I would draw Dad drinking last, you know, and get it. But it, it was, man, I'm telling you, you think about that competition in that one class, it, it was tough. It was really tough. Well, on, on a note that, that my dad would say, I'd like to say this. We, uh, he uh, he always everybody would would complain about maybe maybe we were a little rough maybe they didn't like the way we drove them maybe we beat them too much whatever but I always liked the way he said this he said we uh, we still got most of what we started with 
which was nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And 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 that's really in essence that's that's not true. If you look around all our clutter, we have a lot of stuff, but a lot of it's junk. Yeah. That's the same way with us. We accumulated stuff, and it's just and nothing. You, and you, you know, if I want to go racing tomorrow, I'm I know which pieces that I can use, and it's not going to hurt me or hurt somebody else, and still win on it. I, I'll I'll pick and choose that stuff, and and uh, I'll I'd, I'd pass it down, you know, whatever. And and that's that's the mode I'm in right now. I wanna I wanna pass it down, and I think Trevor and I are both ready to get started at it again, and. You know, we're going to do it for a few more years, and and then uh, a daughter of mine's ready to race one, too. So, here in the next couple of years, she's going to be in there. I hope my heart can take that. <laughs> I, I, know what, I know what I went through when he started, and that was in 2012, and two, two years later, I had to have a stint. So, <laughs> uh, and actually, one night he was leading, you were talking about that earlier, Jody Tillman walks up to me, and he's like, you all right, Dad? And I'm like, give me your hand. And I put my I put Jody's hand right there, and he's like, "Holy crap, you're tacked out!" So I do this every Saturday, yeah. I, and I did. I was, I'm more nervous watching him from the fence. Now, if I was on the track with him, I was fine. Yeah, because it was like I'm following you, or you follow me. But to watch him, like, oh god, yeah. you know. My dad looks like he's trying to land an airplane with a smoke signal. So I can see, I can see, I know. What, I do it too. I know what he's going through. You can see, you can either see the ember glowing or you can see the smoke snacks. I like Joe's, Joe's comments always been about me and Shyrock. He goes, I, I can't figure out how you guys, it must be an era of you racers that smoke. He goes, we can be sitting over there in the lineup area and you boys be smoking a cigarette. And the next thing you said, you got your freaking helmet on, buckled, and we're rolling out. I was like, where'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got quick. We're in. Yeah. It takes it takes a generation of, of guys nowadays. It's like, would you hurry up? Shit, it takes me ten minutes. Yeah. I gotta have a left glove, right glove, belt, horn, steering wheel. Do you horns. have? Uh, let me ask you a question. This is kind of like a. Uh, a Jay Leno moment or a freaking Jimmy Fallon moment where the guest asks the host. <laughs> but uh, do you have a, like a, a repetitive dream about racing? That that the the over and over and over. Do you ever have I, that? I don't. I don't think so. Whenever I have dreams of racing, it's just common. It's like preparation stuff it's like either running the garage just sticking around and then you walk outside and you're a dirt bike track something stupid or it's never driving a car scenario here no i don't I, I never have a dream about driving a car but i'm gonna tell you for i bet you for 20 years i've had this dream and i wake up mad every time <laughs> i'm late to the lineup area this is crazy. I, no, I'm go ahead. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm late getting to the lineup area. And everything that can possibly go wrong once you set your ass down in the seat before you've ever fired it up that can go wrong goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't find my seat belts. I can't get them buckled. Uh, I, I, I'm messing around like that and they go without me. Mm-hmm. That's anxiety. Like I'm, no other. And, and I'm not messing with you, Scott. I have this exact same dream 
where I can't either like find my gloves, I can't find my helmet trying to get to the track. I've already I'm sit, late. I'm sitting in the car, I've already built it in, and I realize my helmet's on the counter. Yeah. Then I come back, <laughs> and now, now I've got my helmet, and now I can't find my belt. I can't get my belt buckled yeah. again. <laughs> I had that same dream, right. honestly. That's no, Everything I have is just like everything leading up to that. Just We'll just be dicking around at common. Nothing off the wall, just common, like pre-race Two stuff. weeks ago, I did have a dream I was passing your ass. It was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> There's a good one, too. Yeah. I was just like, so, <laughs> he had my arm out the window. So, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. pitching a tent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will. He woke up, boom. Yeah. Well, oh, wait a minute. He woke up like that 10 year old boy back when I was easy to roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. He couldn't roll over on his belly after that. Yeah. I was stuck on the bed. I couldn't yeah. roll over. He's stuck. Oh, <laughs> Well, uh, all, all real stuff, good stuff, guys. Well, I think that'd be good to we, wrap it up on. Yeah, we've we've killed. We're thirty seconds away from two hours. Really? That's our longest one yet. Yeah, by far. Oh, that's good. But well, we could go for a long time. Oh I, yeah. I, I I'd sit in on many of them. I love talking about the sport, and I love that you guys are hitting people that are involved in the sport, and hopefully this deal will grow. And if it don't, um, we tried. Well. <laughs> Hell with them. Yeah, we're trying they, hard. If, 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 if they don't, they don't get it. If they don't, if they don't get what you're doing, then they don't get it. That's all I know to say. Yeah, I enjoy like like I said when we got down here, we met you. I know, I know about you. I know from that day on, I know about you guys. But I don't know the stuff in the past. And then I get a chance to I ask you questions every time I see you at the racetrack, but I don't get to ask like perspective questions or anything other than hey, what, should I try this or whatever. Right. So everybody we've sat down with, it's been cool to just hear what they've got to say from in their own words. And then everybody listening can make their own interpretation of whether and, they like it or not. And I can tell you, usually I'm not real good at this stuff. I get choked up and broke up. And really the only time I got choked up there tonight was trying to talk about Joe. And that just didn't know him that well. But it's, he's a freaking, you know, he's a <laughs> an icon of our sport. He's a troubadour. I mean, actually today I, I, I called Black Diamond, Stucky Enterprises, and... When they put me on hold, it was the freaking Troubadour song that, that George Strait Really? Sang. Yeah. That's cool. And I was thinking to myself about Joe as I'm listening to that Troubadour song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, a race car player playing playing that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's ironic how it all works out. It really is. This crazy stuff happens. In it. Yeah. it really is. And it, you know, I, I, I miss, completely misunderstood or misread that, that deal. I thought Joe's wife was fixing to die. And he dies. Well, then somebody tells me today she is about to die as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, a, it's terrible. It, it's a terrible deal. Yeah. Hopefully <clears throat> everything can get better with her. That way they can take care of the kids and all that. Well, yeah. I hope somebody steps up and can yeah. keep that thing going. And we, we're we all man enough to, no matter what brand of car we got or have had or whatever it is, the icon of the sport, we, su- we support a sticker yeah. like right. that. Absolutely. From, from now to the end. Absolutely. So... Well, Scott, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed it. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Thank you.